1: There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old,
0: but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe
1: in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled
0: I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at IconicLife. Bonsai balls! They only use real asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast... And make their own peanut butter damn they've got seven locations and download the bonsai bowl app to skip the line skip the line order ahead bonsai bowl healthy delicious
1: ashland hard seltzer crafted in san diego it's an adult beverage built for all walks of life bro you've had it i've had it it's delicious it is so good it's refreshing only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard salsa. Also
0: supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf.
1: Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with
0: Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is a celebrity hairstylist from Venice, California. His Hollywood clientele list is impressive. Listen to this. Chalky. Jonah Hill. Huge. Bruno Mars. Big. Rob Lowe. Handsome. James Corden and Hugh Jackman, just to name a few. Dude. And Laird. And Laird Hamilton. Laird. <laughs> that guy. Mr. Surfer Coverboy. Man. He's a yeah. freaking beast. beast. Yeah, he's we'll not
1: originally from Venice though, just to let you know. No,
0: he's from Seal Beach. Seal Beach. In the
2: hood. Seal Beach or Long Beach? Come on. Long Beach, Seal Beach border. Yeah. <laughs> and I jumped the border, climbed the wall, and made it in. Yeah. Who've so, got?
0: He's been hey, we're we still got a long list, bro. <laughs> this is impressive. He's been featured on KTLA, NBC, CBS, Men's Health, and his barber shop is the ideal hanging place on Saturdays to work, drink coffee. It's like a social gathering, you know, get the hair Old done, look at motorcycles. got yeah, Tip Two parlor next door. In the most hipster spot it, in LA. It, it is, for sure. <laughs> but there's more to his story than just making ridiculously good people look better. <laughs> At the age of 30, he hit rock bottom, you know, homeless, drug addict, spent years in and out of recovery, but it wasn't until he gave an alcoholic homeless person a haircut where his story changed for the better, and it gave him purpose, and that purpose was helping others, and uh, we're going to find out all about that, but Finding Sobriety, Success, and Fame, he now uses notoriety to help others in its mission to get people off the street through his 501c3 foundation. Holy smokes, this is a mouthful. Dude, wow. you're killing, Am I doing all right? Dude. From celebrities to homeless, we welcome the ever-inspiring, the men's groomer, Jason, the main master, Schneidman.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I know you have other nicknames. <laughs> Schneidy. Oh. Schneidy. Schneidy. I the
2: just had that in there still. The, the cut, cut man. The cut
0: man. But
1: when you say Maine, it, uh, we can't really figure out what you mean by Maine.
0: Like a tiger man. And like hair. hair. Yeah. Hair man. Yeah, hair yeah. man. That's yeah. Because like, he's a stylist. Well, he was a hair stylist, but then you went in and you had to go into... Grooming. Grooming.
2: Yeah, and I was like, what's that? And it's basically hair and makeup, makeup. for camera-ready Hollywood. To get, the, and, yeah. to get the contracts and deals. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they wouldn't hire... A, a a makeup artist and a hairstylist to do you know movies and press junkets and all that stuff so i had to go back into that cosmetology bag of tools that i was so over i just want to learn how to cut hair you know in beauty school but they were teaching makeup and i was like no no no, not for me but then i had to revisit like 30 years later
0: and uh figured it out and now i got the gigs and yeah got any foundation to make this guy over here look a little better oh bro come on this you, can't fix this, dude. you can't fix this, You can't no, you
1: can not, fix this. You can't enhance this, bro.
0: Hey, <laughs> oh, this guy hey, no, looks so bro, good I for being know, like Brown. 60-something, dude. <laughs>
1: 65.
2: How old are you really? I'm not going to say you're, that you're,
1: you're the same age as me. <laughs> on air, I will not. 50. 50- I'm in the 40-ish? <laughs> to the 50-ish.
2: You're 50-ish. To the ish To power. 52. I know you are because <laughs> you are on every left. When I was trying to catch a wave and I'm, you just, were there. I'm,
0: just, I'm just raising the thumbs up, meaning, hey, go off. Go the show's not about me. I know it isn't. The show is about Jason Schneide Schneider. I know. Hey, thank you. For, Men's groomer. Yes, thank you, Men's groomer, for coming down. All right, Thanks before, for having me.
1: Before we, we um, step into today, let's yeah. step back in the
0: past yeah,
2: and learn about how Schneide got into surfing. My experience, strength, and hope. So started 12 i was on the hb pier and i was with the family and i was looking over the edge and you know day glow body glove wetsuits and i just had the bug instantly and i was like i have to do that
1: was this Seal beach pier or 100? this was hb pier okay. we
2: were walking with the fam <clears throat> was, i remember it was all cloudy overcast and people were out and uh i was like i'm gonna do that and i don't know what it was but it was a burning desire and and then I got a board and a suit. Yeah. Not long after that, for a birthday, and that was it. I was in the water from twelve
1: to. And you distinctly remember day. though
2: a Body Glove wetsuit.
0: Yeah, because it was that. like it iconic. Eighties, yeah, eighty two. And, and eight out of probably the ten suits were Body Glove. No, Neil, those were pretty much pretty. No, much but I came
2: on the scene when Body Glove came on. It was.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and
2: confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? the bright yellow and the pink yeah. and diglo and yeah. that was the 80s and and that was new yeah. and i remembered and uh body glove
1: comes up a lot you know when we talked to our, our guests yeah. at either surf form and NSSAs or road form during the back in the day but yeah that the suits you you knew what you were seeing from fucking yeah, the big handprint.
2: Hundred yards away you know what kind of suit it is. It's crazy. <clears throat> Jonah, who I do his hair and I become real friendly with Jonah Hill over the years, and he's got the bug now, surfing. <laughs> he actually moved to Malibu, he's front row, and he just surf and then producing and directing and all that stuff, but he just got a tattoo. We gotta track that down. It's a body glove wetsuit. I heard about tattoo, that. but I think it's got something says something meaningful to him or whatever. It says cool. body love. Is that what it's it is? It says body glove. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Hey, you know? Hey, It's great. He's a spokesperson for, you know, people, helping people, and that's what it's all about, you know? Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, so started surfing at 12, was in the water every day, went to Los Al High School. Uh, I lived on the border of Long Beach, and my grandma lived in Seal Beach, so we gave that address, which got me hanging out with all the Seal Beach crew. And I remember Chad Wells, Jason Shook, Charlie Wickwire. So uh, you cut off from... Stamps, Yeah. Sorry for jumping in. Yeah, no, no. Did you get cut? uh,
1: Because Wellesley told us he was going to Huntington. Yeah. And then they cut the dividing line and then so that everyone had i didn't fall
2: into that that was a seal beach thing where they were split between marina and huntington i think but uh but i made a decision to not go to millican and go to la Salle because i lived right over the the bridge there yeah so i could actually walk to la Salle and being in the water since twelve in Seal Beach, That's when probably I came to, go to, to high school. school. Yeah, I I developed friendships at the beach. <laughs> yeah, you know? which
0: I think is super important when you're hitting that adolescent age to be like have, have a good friends. peer group and yeah. friends and stuff. Because I mean, t-
2: as much trouble as I got in, <laughs> I don't think if I didn't have surfing and the people that I you know hung around, I would be alive. Right, to sure. be honest,
0: surfing saved yeah. my life for yeah. sure. I mean, ten times Same. over here. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So so before you got into surfing, you were 12 years old when
2: you got surfing, but did you like boogie board or skateboard? My dad took me down to Laguna Main Street. So my dad was a New Yorker. And he moved out here to get away from the cold. And he used to just post up Main Street Laguna with the fold-out, yep, Speedo, <laughs> the chair, and the fold-out tinfoil dealio. And he would Surprise. sit there. Yeah. Dude, he looked like George Hamilton, bro. Like, so tan. He's the Dude. tannest man Poppa, alive.
0: Papa put mirrors out. Lounge yeah. chairs. He'd put, yeah. like, full head the to toe mirrors. Like, yeah. like, How did they not out.
1: die of cancer?
0: Yeah.
2: He's <laughs> still going, like, bro. These, some of
1: these guys like Baby Oil. Yeah. They're, they're just like leather skin, but like shiny leather, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like yeah. supple looking leather, not
2: like rawhide leather, you yeah. know,
0: like Ozone was way better back then. Uh, yeah. He, he can handle
2: it. He can handle it. He's got that good skin. But uh he uh he used to post up and I was there body surfing with all the dudes in uh in Laguna and they they took me under their wing. And they're like, this is how you get barreled. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was there every day. I'd spend the water all day. When I was eight, nine, 10, I'd be like, let's go back to Laguna. So that was my introduction to the ocean reading waves and that whole deal. But uh, when I uh, you know, started surfing and I was in Los Alamitos, I would jump on the bus and um, take the bus. It was a five-minute bus ride down to Seal Beach. And and I had my couple homies that we'd roll down. And, and then we'd post up in Seal. And um, it was just it was just running amok i actually took my kids surfing day before yesterday at crabs uh the jetty right there yeah because that's where i i learned and i remember same here yeah we used to ride our mini bikes down the flood control park them at the jetty take the spark plugs out i would sit on my surfboard and that's how we get down to the beach and uh (laughs) <laughs> that smell of, of crabs, the jetty right there, yeah. I, I remembered it two days ago, and the same feeling of the water, and my kid, eight-year-old kid's experiencing it right now, and I had the same experience. It was pretty euphoric. I yeah. was so stoked on that. That was two days ago. Yeah, that's so, so yeah. awesome. Full circle. Yeah. New
0: generation. Seal
1: Beach is, I mean, so many people have started in, in that Yeah, that zone, and warm water jetties, whatever, your yeah. crabs.
2: Ray Bay—it's such yeah. a perfect spot to learn how to surf. And then I was watching the Open the other day, right before we went to to the jetty there, and they're like, and and they're riding a Tim Stamps board, and I was like, that's my dude, that's my dude. It's like Seal Beach pops up, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool people that have come into the surfing industry, like uh, Robert Colby, Jason Cameron, Chad yeah. Wells, yeah. Uh, Stamps. You know, Rich Harbor, obviously, rest in peace. Yeah, you know? but. uh, but yeah, I had a great upbringing in SEAL. Um, it's just incredible. And uh, I remember being <clears throat> north side, and there's a peak, and it was like really crowded and localized heavily. Yeah and i remember i had to stay over to the side and then i started becoming more friendly with with everybody and they they'd let me catch one every so often and i remember it took me six years to to actually hit the lip and to do a roundhouse and not fall and i was i wanted it so bad and i and remember you're the day goofy, right goofy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm goofy bro every time <laughs> i surf anderson dude so me and linden uh literally how many years ago was that it was like 30 years ago yeah. right so plus yeah, so it, i was seventeen and now I'm fifty one, so you do the math, but when it, whatever. Lefts coming in at Anderson and they're pumping. And every time I went to get away, I remember seeing He's this on the dude. inside of you? There's, no it was like the like he was there watching. And I was like and I was like, Okay, gotta let him have it because he can serve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody else I remember, I was like, I got this guy. Yeah. You know, but but it was me and you exchanging, and I, I think you were riding a Saku, and you had a green and black wetsuit. And that's what I remember. And your dark. A, 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 and a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you Yeah, you did. Yep. I remember so, it.
0: Yeah. A, so going back,
1: yeah. and, and you were you were uh, an outsider, kind mm-hmm. of right, mm-hmm. Seal Beach. Mm-hmm. Chad Wells, Charlie Wickwire, Tim Stamps, Jason Cameron, Shook. Dennis Cameron, Shooky. Yeah. Gonzalez. <clears> and, <throat> and, and, you know, we've said this before. I've said this before. Those guys were little punks yeah back in the day yeah it was tough <laughs> and they were just like you hear all these little voices like hey get for beat it yeah. a cook you know it's oh, yeah. like holy shit yeah. like yeah. the 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 abuse you would have to endure to finally and you know you have to be a good surfer yeah to finally crack the code yeah. and get accepted so yeah.
0: you paid your dues it, and you the finally peck, the pecking order was legit and you <laughs> yeah. had to you had to climb the ladder like ever so slowly yeah
2: I mean, dude, it's crazy just thinking about it because I'm the chameleon and I don't care who I'm with. I kind of get, get in, yeah. you know, and I'm very lucky like that. And, and, um, you know, I used to hang out in Long Beach with Snoop Dogg, you know, he's in my junior high school and they accepted me. And then I was hanging at the bike racks at La Salle with all the Hessians and I was selling joints and they accepted me. And then I was hanging with the jocks and I just, you know, I got accepted a lot throughout. I think it was because I made people laugh. That was yeah. it you know
0: yeah i think if you're if you're 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 true to yourself like you know hey i'm not here to like win them over you're just interested in their like group because they're you're talking about hessians are way different than the jocks you know those subcultures are you know way you know way different and that's kind of like how how it was and it's i think it still is today at schools and you know maybe not so much because of you know like downtown where we had the hessian crew it's kind of changed over the years and stuff mm-hmm, yeah. but you know as you're trying to you know as you're a kid trying to get accepted or trying to see where you fit in i mean the surfers were the outcasts for sure yeah well
2: we were in long beach schools there was buses coming in it was tough like we had the cholos we had all the dudes from like jordan paulie area yeah that's didn't you go to school I over to there yeah. yeah and uh, i was like seven
1: uh One of seven surfers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all my, you know, I I got along with everybody too. And it was like so funny when you tell one of the, you know,
0: Bloods or Crips, you know, I
1: don't even know what they were. Yeah. And you told them, yeah, you surf. And they're like, what? You go out there and play with
2: sharks? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) You must be crazy, man. Yeah. So, anyway, so my story took me through. You know, in and out of surfing through my life, but from 12 to 20, I was in the water. And then I barely graduated high school because I was ditching. And my parents were like, What are you going to do? And I was like, I'll pick a, you know, they said pick a profession and we'll pay for it. And I always cut my friend's hair at, like, 13 and 14 years old. I was cutting everybody's hair. And how did you get into that? I just had a pair of clippers. And, well, my parents took me around. They were kind of worldly. And they would bring me to New York. And then they'd bring me up to Venice. And I would see these different styles changing. And I'd come back to my little sleepy town in Seal. And I'd be like, you guys, we need to, like, change it up. You know, we need to get laid. We need to, like, stand out. We're going to Knott's Berry Farm (laughs) for, like, Studio K and going to clubs. And, you know, 13, 14, 15, it was like to whatever it takes, right? And uh, so I was giving everybody the same haircut. It was like a Macaulay Culkin wedge in the back. And everybody was stoked and it was working. (laughs) Kind of like the Tony Hawk with the flare, with the wave or whatever? It was like the Thomas Dolby. It was just like the Dolb. There was like two, apart in the middle and the long and then the wedge in the back. And uh, full step and um <laughs> and you talk it was yourself. all blonde yeah it was blonde and then it was dark underneath were, were you yeah.
0: looking at like fashion mags or men's mags at all and you stuff? just go like, traveling. no I was just 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 going eyeballing for, people just, like yeah, yeah totally
2: into fashion always into like decorating early into like like me expressing myself through my clothing like I was literally wearing my sister's pants in junior high school these red skinny jeans and I had these uh, slip on breakdancing slippers you remember those black slippers yeah, yeah. the slaps or whatever the Bruce Lee style yeah. yeah Bruce Lee I had those which I got in Venice and I came back to my my town I was like you guys we need to wear this this is what people are wearing they're like no way bro. everybody was calling me slippers you know <laughs> and I didn't even care because I was hanging out with could you bust the a rope? could you dance yeah I, would, oh, dude, I was in a breakdancing club yeah, we used I to think break we were dance all at, at Skateway yeah Skateway me and Ducky and uh a couple other guys we had our little uh, outfits that we made and we would bring our cardboard yeah and we were so
1: you you fully immersed yourself
2: wharf- in, in certain <paused> shit.
0: <laughs> so good yeah
2: so anyway so that's <laughs> what i was doing people were following the styles and i was laying them out and i did not see mm-hmm. myself being a hairstylist and right out of high school I went and I went to the career but before, academy. Before before yeah. we go into that,
1: yeah. uh you, you were mentioning Anderson Street, right? Yeah. And wow. for me, like that was like a magical hmm. fucking time period. Hmm. You insane. know? That was your home that
0: was your everyday goes go to.
1: Yeah, because like, you know, Seal Beach was like the the kind of like the 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 stepping stone to the next spot, yes, right? One hundred percent. For us, like from Long Beach surfers, yeah. Seal Beach surfers, the next spot is Surfside and Anderson Street. Still, and one of my in favorites. the
2: summertime. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. It was. It was. There's nothing like it. Um. Still, one of my favorite surf spots. It's like being on stage. Like it's like, fifteen feet out. Yeah. Perfect ten yeah. foot face. No long paddle out. No and it's just nonstop yeah. lefts and rights yeah.
1: the waves are so much better when we were younger I, it feels like i guess i, I don't know dude I guess it was el nino years and it was glassy so all fucking day
2: but this the like, best part about it was and i remember Lyndon, so we, every high school had their clique that was hanging yeah. on the beach yeah. and the girls in that circle that you would want to meet from lakewood or from wilson yeah or, yeah. or seal beach and huntington like everybody had their own little yeah. clicks and we were sitting there and we were rolling joints on magazines. And we were like, oh, there goes, you know, Kissel. And he's like busting in air, no leash. And then out comes Jack Grisham with a Speedo on and a knife strapped <laughs> yeah. to his leg. And it was just like, it was like something out of a movie. It yeah. was like, the yeah, a mix of all the fucking, you know,
1: inland high school people yeah. Yeah. congregating at, at, where, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Anderson Street. yeah And I remember every day, you know, we would get there early and fucking wouldn't leave until almost dark. No. And run up and go eat. Yeah. Go to Uncle Dougie's. Yeah. It used to be, it's Woody's now, but it used to be Uncle Dougie's. And it was super cheap and good. Super spuds. Yeah. And then, then, um, but every day would be like, okay, where's the party? You know. Yeah. What's going on tonight? Where's the after party?
0: Where's everybody gone?
1: And you'd have like everybody walking around just like, and you would go to everybody's parties
0: until they, they got broken up. But what's cool is what you guys were talking about, which was your little intimate like beach zone. Yeah, was happening everywhere. Yeah, you know, so everybody listening ha- could could contest of like, hey, that I had a little zone oh, like okay. that where that was the meeting spot. 100%. You saw the like, yeah. cooler older dudes. You saw yeah, you know, like and that's the Salt local Creek. so locals used I to there. go
2: down to Salt Creek. And, yeah, and I know it was happening the same way because yeah. all those guys were throwing rocks at us <laughs> <laughs> up the trail, yeah. and we were like, okay, so everybody was doing this same thing yeah but, Dude, Sorry. how about say? like okay you said
1: Kissel yeah you had um Reader. yeah Brett Philippi. Philippi. so uh, my Richie Vega yeah like, my sister so dated people. Philippi
2: that's incredible. and I always looked up to my sister and I always looked up to Philippi because yeah. he was like the epitome of good looking talk about something. George Hamilton yeah he <laughs> still <laughs> looks great he's still so. dreamy looking yeah So anyway, so that was when I first got validation because... Philippi told my sister that I was ripping. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she came home and I was like, "I made it." He wanted to get laid, that's why. <laughs> bro, whatever,
0: whatever, dude. It worked. He, he, he's like, "I'll take him surfing." Yeah, he's thinking yeah. getting really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, he, right?
2: Yeah, whatever, bro. The weight of a girl's heart <laughs> is. I'm not you know I was ripping.
0: <laughs> that wasn't taken that away from you, of yeah. course. You, you, you know, you earned your, your keep and your pecking mm. order. And, and I mean, when you put that much time in the water and you're and you're decypt. You're gonna, you know, yeah. You're I gonna was, rise to the crop. Something about
2: Anderson. I was fearless at Anderson. I was, I was fearless. Bro. It
0: was
1: such a great wave, and yeah. it was like the meeting spot for all the high school people yeah, from amazing. all the different high and we schools. We didn't have
0: social media, so you had to have uh-huh. those areas where it would attract a network to the other schools and, yeah. God, and Bobby Baker's sister <laughs> <laughs> Shannon Baker cut
2: no, cut that out uh, yeah she
1: was
0: pretty Bobby boy. Baker there you go she was, was pretty Yeah, <laughs> Stevie Pugh Stevie Pugh ooh yeah. a little Pugh yeah he um, regular was... foot Tom Carroll dude yeah. he ripped dude, he
1: looked like Tom Carroll and yeah. he surfed like Tom yeah. Carroll except he was uh, yeah. regular foot yeah, yeah that was on his poi dogs
2: yeah yeah. I remember <laughs> so that guy. That so was, that was good times. And uh, and then uh, so I actually, What happened in school? You were so, a good student? So I, I was a terrible student. <laughs> went to hair school. It took me five years to graduate a year program because I was ditching that, you know. I had a lot of instructors. Got really good at doing hair. Moved to San Diego. And I ended up... Uh, well, this is a long story, but I went to Palm Springs for spring break. Met the dudes that run clubs, SRH, Zinger... Uh, you know all these guys that did nightclubs down there. We were doing clubs, and I promoted something in Palm Springs over spring break. And they said, "Once you move down, we'll take care of you." They set me up right in Mission Beach in a pad. Is, is this right out of high school then? So yeah, so right okay. out of high school is spring break. And, uh, and what kind of clubs I mean, were these
0: guys running? Like, these, so what we do like is warehouse would, or like yeah. a, or a bar yeah. warehouse. No, one. it was
2: like prior to like right when raves started. Yeah. So we were doing raves, but we were doing uh, different. Places that were dead, like yeah. Monday night, like Salmon House, for example, was dead. So we'd go in and we'd get the. Um, we would talk to the owners. We'd say, "Hey, we're gonna pack this place. Yeah. You guys can take the bar. We'll take the door. We charge twenty bucks at the door, and we bring in Sublime and we bring in artwork and black light, and um, we would do a club every night during the week. And I had a pager and I had a club list."
0: and I had uh, a pocket
2: full of drugs for sale and chicks so was calling on. me and I had a bar tab and I did that for 10 years until the wheels fell off and I got hooked on crack. Yeah. So, backtrack a sec. Um,
1: didn't you have a crazy story about being in the bus and going to Long Beach driving your, your a bus with your friends? Oh,
2: so yeah. So, this was 16 years old and it was... Uh, Tommy Ritchie, Eddie Hughes, LaSalle guys, and they all had an older brother. So uh, we were in uh, Eddie Hughes' Volkswagen bus, and we drove downtown Long Beach one night. It was a Friday night. And we're all piled in the bus, drinking, 16, woo, you know, and we pull into this alley, and it's a a one-way alley. And you just hear a, you know, over the fence, and the hand comes out, and they bought crack. And we did a a 90-point turn with the VW bus to get (laughs) out of there. And um, it was just, we were smoking crack at 16, and and that's the first time I tried it. And And that's what they went
0: there for, or they didn't know what they are going to get?
2: Yeah, they went down there. So I guess Tommy Richie had already, like, been down there before. But then uh, we went and got more, and we pulled into this complex because there was nothing happening at the alley. And Eddie ran into the complex and then he came running out without his shoes on, and he's like, "Bro, bro, start the fucking take off!" And then out the window of the apartment complex, we got shot at at what sixteen. God. Yeah, it hit the hubcap, and we just we were out of there. But uh, that's kind of like my first introductory to Hard cocaine, and I loved it. I yeah. loved cocaine 16. at sixteen. Yeah, and we were. Um, we were pretty bad kids we would go to house parties and we would uh, sneak into the parents' rooms of the the house that we were doing and we would steal stuff and we would pawn it to uh this dude in in uh in hawaiian gardens and we would get uh whatever we'd we'd get like a 16th of blow and i was doing cocaine through high school 16 17 years old. under the
0: radar of parents like you're somebody yeah. responsible
2: like oh dude i remember being on a glass table and my parents were out of town they came home early and we were doing lines on the glass table and i was like clean it up they're here and they were literally pulled in the driveway oh and uh, we were like we got everything but together and we're like we're out of here and walked out parents <laughs> clueless what do you guys been doing nothing Mom. yeah <laughs> uh we're gonna just head out for a little while so yeah
1: that's you know, so nuts it, it's crazy because when, when me looking back my childhood growing up in Long Beach, we kind of went through the same thing too. Mm -hmm. But I never got to that point of smoking crack. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy when you think about that. It's like, wow. You know, how idiotic are you at 16? Fearless.
2: Just fearless. And
1: and friends too. Your friends are like, you know, you don't know any better. No. Unfortunately. And, And here's the thing that's like, that changed the rest of your life.
2: Yeah. And for the worse, you know, like, well, I mean, I don't have any regrets. I don't regret the past at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's but you know what I mean? Like I it, it, it turned you to a dark time. I, it took me down. It, the wheels <clears throat> fell off. And, uh, you know, I was down in San Diego and my buddies from seal beach were coming down there. They were really scared about me. And I was locked in a room and they'd come down to buy weed. Cause I would get it from the border. You know, it was, like, 20 minutes to the border, Mexican mafia. I actually flew a bunch of pounds to Boston and got robbed with 20 pounds before 9-11. I flew out there, and that's how I was making my money. I didn't work for 10 years when I lived down there. I was in, in San Diego for 10 years. I was doing the nightclubs. Nightclub scene so was just for, like, networking, pretty much. It like, was just keeping me loaded. Yeah. So, let's, like, you know, front. Uh, yeah. Let's get
1: the timeline uh, kind of fixed. So 1990 you, to 2000. So you're, you're in, you yeah. graduated high school. Yep. 88. You said you, you threw a party in Palm Springs. Yep. And that you met some dudes.
2: Yep. All there. the people that were doing clubs in San Diego came to do a big rave in Palm Springs, a big club, met them all, packed the place. They all were like, you're awesome. Yeah. The way I was talking to people, always had the gift of gab. So they were like, come move down. They set me up on Santa Clara Right there, beachfront apartment. Met the Mexican mafia, literally met Mexican mafia, and had pounds of weed in my in my closet, always for sale. And then I started meeting guys from back east that would come because pounds of weed were like fifteen hundred bucks, and I was getting them for five hundred. So I'd be making cash. Never did laundry. Just went to Emerald Surf Shop and bought me clothes every night. <laughs> Emerald City. Emerald City. Bought new, new shoes, new, never did laundry, just rolled out brand new gear and uh, couldn't pay You're my like rent. favorite customer I had. Had everything, had like $500 worth of drugs and alcohol a night, so wait, but how- never could pay my rent. These guys introduced you to the Mexican cartel? So I, like I said, I'm a chameleon and I just, I get in, I can meet people and I met where you get the source of weed. I need more,
0: I need more than that. Who's your boss? I I need to talk
2: to that guy. Yeah, let me talk to that guy. And then (laughs) I need some cocaine too. Before. before, And I need some ecstasy.
1: So, so when when you, when they said, hey, Schneide, we're going to cook, we're going to, we want you to move to San Diego and we're going to put you they were they found a place for you or you
2: yeah they found a place for me they rented it they handed me a stack of flyers i was going up and down the boardwalk on my skateboard and my bike just what's up girls come check us out literally littering people with flyers like you can't get away with that this day but promo was like hey and throwing like a hundred flyers into a pack of chicks on the beach and they'd just be covered with flyers and they pick them up and they're like what's this and people were showing up to the club and I was, I was that guy. That was, that was just, your job. That was my job. Yeah. And were you... Did they pay you for that? Yeah. So I, I, I think I made a little bit of cash, but I usually made money through a bar tab at the place. And I, uh, I would make my money through the, pa- the pocket full of ecstasy that I had in my right pocket and the pocket full of 20s of blow in the left pocket. And my nickname was Whistler. And anybody would be like, dude, if you need Coke or you need X, listen for Whistler.
0: through the club whistling it's it's like they they they, the the guy at squid row at the whistle like there's a tequila guy Mm -hmm. so were you you're doing the flyer thing in the day then are you working the ropes or like you're in front of the club at night so my this was my lifestyle for 10 years
2: wake up 12 in the afternoon (laughs) ride my bike a block down to the beach, plop down, zinger, everybody hanging on the beach, kind of like Anderson. We had our spot. Um, I'd be like, oh, I'm hurting. Looking at the waves, get enough, you know, ambition or whatever, energy to get out, paddle out, get some salt water on me, catch a few good ones. I was like stoked. Still yeah. got it. Yeah. Plop back down, hang, grab some food, start drinking, go to the green flash bar, happy hour, two tacos, Drinking, call the dope man, load up for the night, go home six o'clock, start getting my club list ready, be out to the club till two in the morning, after our parties, chicks, the whole thing, till six in the morning, go to sleep, wake up at noon. Do it again. for ten years straight. Smoking an eighth of weed a day, and that was it. And and uh, these Seal Beach dudes like Mike Morrow and and Donnie Strat come down to buy peas. You know, weed from me, and I'd be locked in this in this room because I started smoking crack. The last three years of my stay down there, from twenty-seven to thirty, I was just locked up in my room smoking about five hundred dollars worth of crack. Because I would leave, I just wasn't surfing. I wasn't doing clubs or just nothing. consumed. Just consumed. They'd come down and they'd be like, they'd see me and they were scared. I was one hundred thirty-seven pounds. And they'd be like, dude, you got to come hook this up. And I was like, oh, get me a 40. And they, we'd get a 40. And we'd go out to win and see and sit there. And uh, they were coming for me, you know, full paranoia, schizophrenia. I'd be out on the rocks, you know, bright sunglasses, drinking a 40. And then all of a sudden, I'd pull out. Because I never did pills to bring me down. I would drink. And mm. so that would kind of bring me back down. And then I'd be like, oh, dude, what was going on? I'm good. Like, let's handle this, you know. And I, once I get drunk, then I would handle it. Get those Send those guys on their way But I remember I got a bunch of buddies That were like Dude When I left you I didn't think I'd see you again Wow And and that's how bad it got And and, Then How'd you last 10 fucking years Doing that? Dude It was just uh, It's just You know The last couple years Really brought me to my knees You know The crack cocaine Is what does it You know You can maintain Going out Smoking weed Drinking every night And doing cocaine But when you smoke it It's just It sticks you on stupid I said yeah. get stuck on stupid. I just was, like, staring out, waiting for somebody to and, kill me or the cops arrest me. And
0: how, how was your relationship with your parents and family? They were still up here. You would come, you know? So, yeah, my parents lived up here. And
2: anytime <laughs> I'd have to come in to town, I would, like, go to the tanning bed. And I would eat for, like, 24 hours. And I would try and get my wits. And I'd pull in. And I'd just be like, yeah, I'm cutting hair. All good. And, you know, and then I would just dip back down to San Diego. So they didn't see my you know, depletion of, of anything until I was 30. Cops were coming for me. I had a stripper girlfriend, smoke crack in front of her son, you know, turning my back. And, uh, I was like, I need to get out of here. And I loaded up my car and the cops had come because we had like a domestic and she was, uh, she said that I hit her, but I didn't. And the cops were like, we're pressing charges. And I was handcuffed in the back of this cop car, and I was praying. And the cops came back, and they're like, today's your lucky day. You need to leave. Do you have a car? And I was like, no. But my car was filled with uh, pounds of weed, and you know, a couple ounces of chronic, and my snowboard, and my surfboard, and everything. And I was like, nope, no car. And they're like, well, walk and don't come back. And I was like, cool. And I walked down the alley. I looked back. Cops split. I came back. Jumped in my car. Boogied up to uh, Long Beach stayed at my parents and detoxed on their couch for about a week eating lucky charms watching tom and jerry you know i was like finally amazing i don't have to worry about anything you know and then i was like now were your parents pretty then they were not they were just like oh great you're just you know because i was never around so they were just happy to see me and i was like this transition time i think i'm gonna move up to la and i'm gonna become you know legitimate hairstylist i was like it's time for a change i was 30 came back to my parents house and I stayed there for a week and I was like I need to get out of here I met some girl at Java Lanes in the circle in Long Beach and she was like I live in Beverly Hills you can move in with me moved in that night it turned out it wasn't Beverly Hills it was West Hollywood it was right in the smack dab in the middle of Boys Town I was so tripping I was like straight man in concrete jungle in Hollywood you know and I was like Boys Town meaning predominantly gay, yeah, full gay and I was like you know seal beach surfer san diego partier front of the line had everything to just stuck in boys town concrete jungle so i was like i walked out on the strip and i got a job and it was easy they're like this guy cuts hair he's cute wow came me the job you know so i was cutting hair doing all men's haircuts they were flooding in and out started getting really good at men's haircuts um and then my grandma died left me 20 grand I hit my parents up like the next day. Can I get some of that money that grandma left me? They gave me five grand. Uh, I told her I needed to get out of this chick's house. I uh, I basically blew through it in like two days, smoking crack in Hollywood. And then I hit them up again. I was like, can I get another five grand? You know, I need to move out. I need some furniture. They gave me another five grand. In six weeks, I smoked the 20 grand worth of uh, grandma's money.
0: And, what?
2: Yeah. And my parents were like, wow. They're like, something's wrong and so they did an intervention I met for dinner and my sister was there who I was looked up to and she was like we're really worried about you my mom's crying I'm like I'm good you're tripping I couldn't wait to get out of there and get, get, get high you know and uh, so they said uh, you know my sister took me aside and she was like just let me, let me know if you need help and then a couple days I was printing up I was in Echo Park with some like gangbangers printing up $100 bills fake hundos and you were gonna. I went to the spot where I was buying crack, where I bought the 20000 So they'd see my truck pull up and they were like, there's the guy, yeah, you know. So I came up and I. Like, uh, I have no money. you were gonna it. start counterfeiting them? So, no, I, I used the hundreds at this spot to buy crack, $100, $100 worth of crack. So I pulled up on the spot, slipped them a fake hundo. Mexicans were like all good. And then I drove off and I had a bunch of hits. Wait and a then, minute. wait a minute. Yeah. You printed up.
1: Yeah. These $100, yeah. fake $100... Oh, yeah. Who, Full who, counterfeiting.
2: Who, who, how, wait. On a computer. Scared. They look pretty good. I mean, it was it. was it. We crumpled it up, stepped on it, spit on it, you know, and, like, made it look real. And then I went, and these guys accepted it, and then... Hold up. Went, yeah. What kind of paper did you use? <laughs> I don't even know. These guys were good. This was, like, Mexican dudes in Echo Park. They were just... They were hustling. and, and They were counterfeiters. Yeah, they were no, they were we were just smoking meth at the time. <laughs> I was hanging out smoking but, meth. But you, he he
1: a counterfeit buddy but he to didn't, sell to to give to these guys to buy cocaine. Yeah. yeah he had no money. He yeah. burned through the twenty K. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, but he he said he gave a fake
2: hundred dollar bill to we, Mexican we, mafia. <laughs> yeah. I mean this you, like Eastside longos or something in LA. Yeah. So I gave them that. But the crazy thing was I went home and I smoked it. And I was like, maybe they don't know. It's a fake hundo. Let's go back and give them another one. So I went back, shot at again, 20 years later, got shot at. And that's when I called my sister that night. And I was like, I'm ready to go. And she was like, we're coming right now. And I was like, no, 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 come in the morning. I'm still getting high. So then they came. My mom and my sister came. I was living on top of the, the Viper room. In Hollywood, I was what? living on top of the Viper Room, they came, walked up the steps, or they were at the bottom of the steps, and I was at the top. I had shaved the sides of my head, full taxi driver that night because I knew I was going in. You know, I had blue velvet pants on. I was wearing a wife beater. I was one hundred and thirty-seven pounds, and my mom and my sister looked up the steps. I was at the top of the steps, and they were they just started laughing. <laughs> They're like, "You ready to go to rehab, Tommy Lee?" And I was like, "Let's go." What's that's when I went to rehab. And I was thirty, and so I I, I put together like sixty-six days, and then I went back to my apartment. I got loaded again above the Viper Room because I had some friends that I was living with, and then I. uh, So you made sixty-six
0: days. Sixty-six days. Okay. Yeah. Like, what's? I mean, what's the check? Like, okay, so you're, you know, you're rock bottom, pretty much. Your mom and sister come and check. Yeah. Where? Where at? (laughs) So I
2: went to PRC, Pasadena Recovery Center, and that's where they did that celebrity rehab. So, and it was right when it opened. So they took me there, and it was a 30-day program. I was doing push-ups, and I got really healthy real quick. And they were teaching me how to stay sober, and I'm like, I got this. You know, I totally got it. And they're like, you need more, like everybody does in rehab. And they're like, no, I'm good. After 30 days, I got this, right? And then I left, went back to my apartment. And I stay, I made it another 36 days just, you know, on my own with yeah. people that were partying around me. And uh, then I got loaded again. And then that was the in and out of um, recovery. It took me four years going in and out. But what was cool was I met celebrity hairstylist Chris McMillan, who did Jennifer Aniston's hair. Okay. He was in these meetings of recovery in L.A. And there was a lot of people there. There's a lot of cool people in LA. Okay. like in these meetings. No, can we stop yeah. real quick? So,
1: the first time you went to rehab, yeah, your mom and your mom and sister took you, yeah, and you made it for sixty six days, no drugs. Yeah, you, you, and you, I mean, sixty six days is a long fucking time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty after much a ten
0: years of hitting it hard. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Like after I ten, would, 10 dude, years
1: of hitting it hard. You lasted 66 days of sobriety. Yes. Right? And you got healthy. You gained yes. weight. Yes. You felt, amazing. You felt good. You felt amazing. Were
0: you still working, like, salon? Or? So, at that time, I was working
2: at that same spot in Boystown, Town. Mm. And I had started working at a spot across from the Rainbow Room next to Shamrock Tattoo with a couple guys that opened Brooklyn Projects. Oh, Dom. Yeah, Dom. Yeah, yeah. And Dom and Murph, Murph, who passed away, who was Venice, heavy local Venice. Mm. And Dom and Murph owned this salon. Well, they owned the Brooklyn Projects together, but Murph owned this salon. No so I, that's how I started meeting some some actually some cool people and not just not my people. You so know? you you were going on and off
1: campus, I mean, um, the yeah. rehab center. Yeah. Like they'd trust you to leave. No. So
2: 30 days, lockdown, rehab. Okay, Got cool. out. Thirty six days on my own, back in society trying to keep it together. Okay. Yeah.
1: So so thirty days lockdown, thirty six days on your own. Mm-hmm. You you pulled it off for thirty six days.
2: Yeah, I was good to go till I wasn't. You know, and that's what this disease of alcoholism is about. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. And all of a sudden you just get a fuck it switch and you're just like, fuck it. I was having way more fun in the front of club line you know, banging chicks, selling drugs, like, what happened in my life, you know? And it's all false, because yeah. your head tells you and just rips you back, and the disease is just doing push-ups trying to get you back down, you know? And, and you gotta pay your dues. Like, you have to lay down a foundation in recovery, and I learned that later on when I was 34, and I actually lived in a place for 13 months, and I lived there, and they were watching everything I did. Yeah, And that's how I got my foundation okay so yeah
1: sixty six days sober partying with your friends above viper room yep fell back down yep fall from grace
2: yep miserable um, just broken again uh, um, now that I had a, a, a head full of sobriety and a belly full of booze it was just the worst because you get a taste of the good life once you get sober and you regret like, a lot of like yeah, I there was so much shame and guilt when yeah. I got loaded and I knew I had to get back to sobriety, you know. And so uh, that's when uh when I would go to meetings and I'd sit there and it was really tough getting back. That's the hardest part because I'd sit through meetings and there'd be everybody in Hollywood at these meetings and I'd sit just sit on my hands, you know, and I would leave and go smoke crack and I would walk down the street with like a quarter in my pocket and i would just panhandle and i would steal tips off of the tables in barney's beanery i would go to uh, bristol farms and i would still steal, steal uh, these bottles of tequila and uh, jack daniels and i'd walk over to the troubadour and i'd sell them for like 20 bucks to underage people online at the troubadour whatever my hustle was i was doing it and Dang. i was surviving and i yeah. would come home with five hits of crack every night you know and um and I was just like broken, but I had met this guy Chris McMillan when I was at a meeting because the guy that was helping me and my sponsor at the time was like, "There's Carrie White. She does, you know, uh, Justin. Uh, what's his name? Uh, from uh, Tim Blake? Uh, no, the dude. Uh, I forget. But he did. Uh, what was that shampoo? That the movie shampoo? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. He was doing Warren Beatty's hair. She did a bunch of other people patino I think, denaro and then there was Chris McMillan, who did Jennifer Aniston's hair, and a bunch of other people. And I went up to both of them, and Chris was like, uh, "How long have you been sober?" And I was like, "I got a week." And he's like, "Get some time, come talk to me." And so then I came back at six months sober, and he he let me assist him one day a week, and I was assisting him, and uh, and then he left to go do a movie, and I fell out of that salon, and I was getting loaded up at the with all the guys, Dom, all those other guys up at. Uh, Project 9022 yeah because they were partying they were going to clubs and I was like sober and they were like yeah Whistler you don't know and I'm like bro you don't know <laughs> and then I was like watch and it was like 4 in the morning driving Murph's truck through Venice in a in a fat farm jumpsuit because he'd give me like this, his old hand-me-down I was wearing a green fat farm jumpsuit and I went and I got an 8 ball at like 2 in the morning he's like you're going to go to sleep I'm like yeah and I'm sitting in his kitchen cooking up crack in Venice. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And I walked through Venice. And uh, and I was like, Venice was pretty gnarly back then, too. Oh, it's still gnarly.
0: Every, yeah. So I was walking
2: through Venice, and, and that's how I do it. And and so it, it brings me down quick. But uh, I met Chris, and then I, I relapsed. And then I was calling Chris because he was done with the movie. And Chris was like, sorry, I got nothing for you. And then one day, he, he called me. And he was like, if you can be here Monday at 7.30 in the morning um, my assistant got sick I need you to, to show up and I was like dude this is my chance to get back into sobriety so I showed up to Chris's well how many days did he give you the next day like, or, or... so it was Friday and he needed me Monday oh, okay right? so you had a few days I had a okay, few days right. and and you were partying and I was partying and I had every intention on stopping Sunday right but Sunday 6.30 in the morning, Monday morning, I was at my buddy smoking meth. And I had to be at work at 7.30. And I was like, dude, give me a ride home. He's like, no way, cops. And I was like, fuck it. I kicked the door open. I left. I walked out. I hitchhiked. A bus came. Got into the bus. Got home to my house. I was home 6.45. I made it home. It was like nothing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get ready for work. Jaws going. Tongues all cut up, me completely paranoid. And I was like, hold on, maybe I got something here to like take the edge off. And I reached under my bed and there was a Coke can that I'd been smoking crack out of for two weeks and I found it was hidden. And I ripped it open. I cut the Coke can open. And I scraped the inside of the Coke can. I had a pile of this resin. I'm like, is it Coke? Is it cocaine? Is it, you know, what is this? And I sat down, I got my little pipe, and I set up my ritual, and I took a hit, and I blew up the biggest hit. And it was like this cocaine, cocaine combo. Just resonance. That just, yeah, that just sent me. And I was like, oh, my God, full paranoia. People were coming for me, shadows. And I was like, I got this pile, and I got to be at work at 7.30. I'm like, let's just run it. And I just ran that pile. And then at 7... Ten, I jumped in the shower and I was like, "Don't die, don't die." My heart was jumping out of my chest. I turned the water oh, on. I was like, "That's too cold. That's too hot." And I was looking at the smoky glass in the shower door. And people were coming for me. And I called the cab. And I thought they were honking out front while I'm in the shower. So I get out of the shower and I get. I got two cigarettes left. My jaw's going. I'm in the back of this cab. He pulls me up to Chris McMillan Salon, and Chris was standing at the doorway. And Leland, who was also sober, full tattoos. And I come walking up, and they're like, oh, my God, bro, where's the rest of you? And they were just started laughing at me because they were both like, loaded. Any other boss would have been like, dude, you can't work here like that. They were just laughing. They're like, when was the last time you ate? And I was like, dude, it's been a minute. And they're like, get him a breakfast burrito. And then Chris, who was a crackhead, he was like, when was the last time you took a last hit? huh?" When, when? You know, they wanted to know all the information. Yeah. And I was like, he thought I was going to say, like, yesterday or the day, I was like, 15 minutes ago. And he was like, no way.
0: Go shampoo Matthew Perry. And Matthew Perry was sitting what? on the couch. Were they just kind of like, let's see how this unravels. Cause they're kind of just, well, they, they were, just, they weren't tripping.
2: They're were just drug addicts in recovery. And they were like, whatever dude, as long as we, we got your back. Like, yeah. Yeah. They just were just running it. And so I had to go over to Matthew Perry and say, I'm going to shampoo you. right. And that was like the hardest thing
0: ever to come right? out of your mouth. is three don't, little, don't three know little know words. Matthew
1: Perry is. He's yeah. the guy from Friends. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, Everybody knows who he is. Come on Chandler. now. Chandler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not
2: everybody. Not I know the it's... millennials that
1: <laughs> probably don't know. So but... the
2: dude's looking down. He doesn't even look at me. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm like stoked. Comes over to the shampoo bowl. I'm shampooing on top of him, looking down at so, him. My jaw's going. And I'm like, I just need to pull this one off. And it's going to be one at a time today. You know what I mean? I just one at a time. And I'll just hide. Because I was hiding my whole life. You know, showing up to work like this, I've been doing it forever. So tiring, hiding, you know, living the lie. It's just exhausting. So I get him shampooed. I put him in the chair. I go out to the courtyard. I smoke up this, spark up this ciggy. And I'm looking at Chris McMillan cutting Matthew Perry's hair. And that was like the moment, the burning bush moment to where I was like, I'm stoked. I'm going to get right. I'm going to get healthy because if I get high, I get healthy. You know what I mean? Because I was so sick. Yeah. As soon as I take a hit, I feel okay. So I'm like, I'm going to get 100 bucks from Chris. I'll make $100 in tips. And at 5 o'clock, I'll be able to go back downtown and get what I need. And I was like, wait a minute. And that was the burning bush moment. I put the cigarette out and I came running around up to Chris's chair. And I was like, bro, bro, check it out. Check it out. I'm like, take me to rehab tonight. I'll go to that place that he went in to. Front Chris. In front of In front of Matthew Perry at the station. And Chris went to the gnarliest rehab because he was there and they, and it was called Liberty house. And everybody knew it was the last house on the block, full behavior modification. It's like, it's like jail, but in a different way. And I'll explain that to you. So he was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, bro, I need your help. And it was just dead silence. And he was like, hold on. And he knew the owner of the facility, Larry and he had his phone at the station where he's working. He grabbed his phone, he called, and he's like, hey, I got this guy. He needs your help, he's gonna die. And um, we need to get him in. And the guy was like, sorry, the house is full. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And the guy, Larry, was like, if you have him here by dinner tonight, five o'clock, because that's how strict it was, he has to be at dinner, or else we're not getting him in, click. And Chris was like, okay and they said they'd put me on the couch in the garage and um, at Liberty House at Liberty House Chris hung up looked at his books Meg Ryan haircut five (laughs) o'clock and he's like dude so sorry bro and I was like fuck all right." so I went back outside and he's like hold on hold on and he's like called Meg Ryan Meg I got this guy he's gonna die I need to move your appointment reschedule she was like okay and Chris hung up and I made it through the day. Chris drove me to rehab. Two twenty four oh four. It's my sobriety date. Two twenty four um, oh four. Yeah, my sobriety day. He took me to this place, Liberty House. I lived there for thirteen months, and they basically stripped me of everything. They made me a man. I learned how to suit up and show up. I learned how to be of service. Yeah. And that's what they teach you in in recovery that you got to give it away to keep it. And the reason being is because I don't like myself because I've been living this lie and I do things to turn my head off because I don't like myself and the other thing is is I'm selfish, self-centered and that's the root of the disease of alcoholism it's either I'm the shit, me, 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 me yeah. or it's I fucking suck I'm not going to be good enough I'll never account to anything or I'll compare myself total my, extremes total extreme. yeah, like and I compare Jackal myself hide. Yeah. I compare Narcissist myself to people and self, degradation. self, all self All the time. From the minute I wake up, there's just, like, fear. My head is a loud, scary place. Okay? And if I use drugs and alcohol, it turns my head off. And I've been like that since I was 13 when I first found weed. And that was the thing that turned my head off. And it taught me that I'd be okay. But I self-medicated from 13 to 34. And then I didn't have my medication. And so I had to turn to something else that they taught me, which was... Esteemable acts Creates self-esteem Esteemable acts create
1: self-esteem Yeah So from the Service. minute I wake
2: up I get up I hit my knees Get humble Right? Please God help me What would you have me do? What would you have me be? I'm not religious But I'm asking Someone other than Self For help Because yeah. And then I make my bed And
0: I put my cap On my toothpaste I clean up my room cross the t's dot the i is very methodical keep yourself structured yeah i get up i have a cup of coffee
2: i sit outside in a beautiful place and, and go to gratitude instead of sitting you know fear and i recognize when i'm in fear and i'm uncomfortable and i can't sit there for any moment i have to get out and i look at is there an action i can take to get out and if there's not i have to turn it over and say, what am I supposed to be learning right here? I'm uncomfortable, but I can't do anything. So <clears throat> acceptance is the key. So, all this stuff I would learn in recovery, and that's what. You did that for a year, 13 months. A year and a month. 13 months. And then I moved out, but I moved out with some people, not like back into the Your Viper room. Yeah, yeah not the Viper room with yeah. bad
0: influences. Yeah. Like minded people in the same situation. Yeah. I got to stay in the middle of the pack, right? Yeah. You no, know the
2: wildebeest, yeah. the ones on the outskirts get taken out, same deal. I stayed right in the middle of the pack and I built my foundation and uh, I started to love myself and I started to show up early and I would ask people how they're doing and start talking about them. And I'd open up doors for people. I'd look people in the eye and I realized I could actually look people in the eye, yeah. which usually I, and cause I'm, I'm all right, you know? And, um, and so I started getting big at doing hair because Chris is McMillan's, I started working there and. They were like, whoa, this guy's men's haircuts are amazing because I had done so many, it's that ten thousand hour thing. I um, yeah.
1: go back a second. Yeah. So when you made that, did you ever get did those Mexican guys ever catch up with you with uh no. with the fake hundred dollar bills? No,
2: I just I was afraid of all that stuff when I got sober and it, it's just it was I got into Yeah, I just got just into faith, and not in fear, and I just was doing the right thing. And ever since I got sober, I haven't been to jail. You know I, have you been to jail? I went to jail, yeah. For, for what? Uh, one night I took roofies for fun, and I was stealing cars in La Jolla. <laughs> and you're <laughs> uh, living down in Mission Beach? Yeah. Roofies and
0: driving is
2: <laughs> and stealing. Yeah. And these two guys caught me breaking into their car, and I ran, bro, and they were huge. And I was on roofies, and I was barely running. And I, I roofies saw a cop, stalk and, you. Well, and I ran right to the cop's. And they fucking took me to jail, and I didn't get beat up. Hey, roofies knock you out, right? Not if you can make it past the point. Yeah, it's a good high, but don't try that at home. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, try
0: it at home. Yeah. Don't try it on the streets. Yeah, robbing people. Oh, my gosh. That's so insane. It's incredible
1: that this guy, the the celebrity um, hairstylist, right, Chris? Yeah. And it it seemed... It seemed really weird that, you know, they were tripping, that that they even, he even let you wash somebody's hair knowing you were
2: on crack. Yeah, I mean, that's who we are, you know. We, that's kind of like what I do. Like, it's a trip that I go out and I cut homeless people's hair without washing their hair, you know. And people trip out on me. And I'm like, no, dude, I've been to the lowest level. Like, I don't judge anybody anymore. I think that's where he was. We just didn't judge. He just acted, and he's yeah. like, "I need him. He needs me. And this is what we're doing right
0: and now." And I'm sure he saw himself in you, and he's been through that to where he's oh, just like, exactly. you know, I could identify. You know, yeah. where Literally. most people would be like, "I don't want anything to do with you. Turn you away." Where he's like,
1: "So that that um, Liberty House, yeah, do, you were locked down for." 13 months? Yeah. You couldn't leave the premises? No,
2: so they let me go because I was being self-supporting. So the first month, Chris paid for my rehab, which was 1,500 bucks, and I actually got back foot in the door with Chris's because I said, you pay for my rehab, I'll work off 15 days, I was making 100 bucks a day. So it actually got my foot back in the door. After that month, my sponsor, he paid for my second month, and I said, one day I'll pay you back. So I got two months, and then the third month, they let me just go two chrises and they were checking up on me and straight back and then i'd have to be at dinner so i'd, I'd get there at nine thirty after i'd have morning meditation because that house was run with
0: structure yeah. like crazy i had so, so you got the zero lead. zero tolerance like zero yeah. the third tolerance. month they,
2: they would let you go to work they would just let me go to work from 9 30 till 4 30 and i was writing essays i was i was cleaning the whole house in the morning when i woke up and at 12 30 at night i was mopping them like i had chores i was dude i i gained so much um what's the word just strength i can sit on the 405 for four hours now and just be content humility and yeah. patience and yeah all that. patience that's the word yeah because i i
0: worked my ass off like it was gnarly but I think you know, f- obviously they know what they're doing, you know, in a in a facility like that, and how to not break people, but retrain people, and keeping yourself busy and positive. Like you know what, like there is humility and and like having to do chores, you know. But it's also just you know basic, you know, like fundamentals where it's like we're going to keep you busy, and this is like it's reward, you know. It's it might not be rewarding at the time, but it you know it is in a way. It because, builds character. It, yeah. yeah.
2: So, what was cool, the structure there was the opposite of jail. You know how you narc somebody out in jail and you get shanked? If, if you don't narc somebody out, you're basically killing that person. Yeah. So, if somebody's doing something that they continue to do, like glamorize, like, dude, I used to do blow in a limo in Vegas on chick's tits, you know, like, then you got to go fucking narc that person out and say, this guy is doing this. And then we would group that guy and say, "Dude, there you go again, glamorizing. That's going to get you loaded, and it's going to take probably a couple people out with you." Yeah. You know, so it was all about narking each other out to save each other's lives. And I was living with thirty other alcoholics that were watching my every move, and we would like just pick people apart. And it was it was just to save their lives. Yeah.
0: What was it like? What was the main like? Drug abuse, that people were in their alcoholism. Oh, or, bro! I mean, everybody, heroin addicts, everyone doing everything.
2: everything, everything. And you know, it's so cool. Six of my buddies from that rehab, we go to Cabo and we surf the East Cape every year. And all six of them, families, businesses, we all that that rehab, Liberty House or Sober Living, has like an eighty percent success rate. And six of my best friends are all that killing it. Yeah, we we go down to Mex and we run it hard. We surf three times a day. We come in, we do tacos. We're on stage dancing sober, and like we're just running amok. We like sit there and stare at the uh, pharmacy, going, "Oh my god, what can we buy?" And we all took Viagra one night and surf trunks, (laughs) and we were in Mex surf trunks. And Viagra, because it wasn't mind altering. <laughs> oh my god! And we thought about it. We're well, like, your, your mind is down, down there. You know that, right? <laughs>
1: What's that? <laughs> I said, your mind is down there. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. It always leads How me. In. Yeah,
2: that's freaking. <laughs> oh, it was like a movie, bro. We yeah. Just classic stage dancing, full force.
1: So, so back backtrack to when you were in high school and junior high and growing up surfing. Mm. Did you ever go on on, on surf trips or?
2: Yeah, we would, uh, we would just drive, we would go, you know, it would be, it would be in the Volkswagen bus, you know, surfboards on top down to Rosarita, or we'd go to Black's for the day, walk down the Minh Trail, we would just keep checking spots, we'd end up in Oceanside, always south, you know, waves yeah. were better south, we went to Calama once, we had a great time, and, uh, you know, Sands, Campus Point, all that Santa Barbara IV stuff, but, uh you know parents would take me to Hawaii i'd bring my board we would you know i've been to costa rica i surfed down there but cabos is kind of my spot now you know two hour hit yeah. down in the east cape and we that's love the best Cabo. yeah
0: that's the best i need to get down there it's, again soon yeah it. we we always talk about it, like the waves are fun it's mm-hmm. not like world class but, Yeah. but the the, the climate, amenities. The, the amenities so for for just so a boys okay. trip yeah. or a family trip, yeah. and it's like you said, a quick strike. Like it's a yeah. two hour. You don't have to waste a day or two traveling, and you could get in and out in a relatively short period of time. And my yeah. chick loves it's, the Cape, and I got yeah. monuments right in front. So dude. that left right there. Yeah,
2: we go there a lot. Yeah, a lot of good coffee, good food, and perfect surf out front, except for
0: that sea urchin rock. Yeah,
2: Whew.
0: that thing gets me every time, dude. <laughs> that. Uh, Seven nine palms. What is it? Seven Oh palms? yeah, nine palms. Nine, nine palms. palms. I got blasted with yeah. urchins there. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. The very, very first
1: time I went, I went uh-huh. with a girlfriend uh-huh. and didn't know anything. You know, yeah. didn't know where to go. We rented a Volkswagen bug. Mm-hmm. And you know how people tell you, Yeah, you know this arch and mm-hmm. when you see this mm-hmm. tree, you go left and then dude, it took me like almost a day and a half to find monuments. Yeah. <laughs> and when we finally found out i was like Holy is this it shit.
2: <laughs> it was super fun you yeah. know the waves were really good but it took forever yeah my parents used to take me down to Puerto vallarta when i was um, from 12 to 20 and i i they weren't even surfing down there the locals like they, they were making billabong bracelets out of like little uh, yarn and stuff yeah and i brought my surfboard down and uh, there was the local, his name was Pinto, and there was a, a beach break right there in Puerto Vallarta, and right in front of our hotel. And I would bring boards, and I'd bring all my surf trunks and everything, and I'd leave it all with them. Because we would go from Christmas to New Year's, and then I would sell all my stuff and go out drinking on New Year's. Because I was like 13, 14, and then they allowed me to drink. There, and, uh, they, re- they rented me a Volkswagen thing at 13 years old. And we would drive <laughs> out to Punta Mita. And there was, there was that perfect ride out there where there's hotels now, but there was one guy in a bus. His name was Carlos, and he was an ex-con that lived in his Volkswagen bus. Every year, I'd meet this dude, Pat, who's from Florida. We'd meet up, and every year, we'd drive out to that point, and we would get, like, a hefty trash bag full of weed for, for like, 10 bucks. You know, it was, like, banana buds from the jungle. Just sticking
0: seeds and yeah. yeah
2: and we would just and every summer, every Christmas for two weeks I'd go to Puerto Vallarta so that was a good little trip
0: yeah they have a timeshare down there or you guys just have a nope. just, they just, they just that loved era. it
2: my parents were Jewish and they didn't like the glitz of, of yeah. the holidays and, and they'd like to spend Christmas down in, in, in Puerto Vallarta yeah wow. it was just that's what they were doing that's down awesome. there. What, on the beach. what did your parents do for a living so both my parents were in service my mom is a physical therapist and my dad teaches high school in the ghetto I guess you can't say the ghetto anymore, but it was like Doherty, you know, like, like out there, but, uh, high school biology. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you were,
1: you mentioned that you, you did a drug deal out in Boston. Yeah. Tell us about that. What happened? So
2: these guys came out and I guess they were like mob sons or something. A couple of dudes. We went out to dinner in La Jolla. They're like, yeah, we need, uh, it was 20 peas. And, uh, My chick's brother had set it up and they said these guys were legit. So me and my chick's brother, we flew out with 10 pounds in a suitcase each. Flew into Logan Airport, got there. The dudes uh, weren't there to pick us up. We're calling, we're standing there, state troopers in front of the the, uh, airport. I'm like, let's just jump in a cab, get away from these dogs, you know? And we had wrapped it all up, the weed, but they're in our suitcases. We went to this hotel, and then the guys—they're like, "Are cops following you? Are cops following you?" And I'm like, "No, we're good. We're good." And then they came, jumped in their car. They're like, "Yeah, the dudes that's got the money hes not home yet. We just—you guys want to go eat?" I was like, "Yeah, let's go eat." So we pulled in this Chinese restaurant, and basically, when we got out of the car, they just—they just basically took off and stole the twenty ps And so we were—my chick's brother and I were walking the Logan Airport, going. How are we gonna pay the Mexican mafia back? Because they fronted
0: me in these twenty p's, and that's a freaking load of money. Yeah, and and let alone like who knows what's gonna happen. You no, I thought you were Yeah, like, like the, the
2: probably one of the like, scariest things I've ever experienced. Like
0: they, we got a death warrant on our yeah. freaking head yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, they
2: fronted it to me, not my chick's brother. It was all on my shoulders, and I was pacing the airport till the next morning. Uh, my uncle you know, paid for our tickets to get home because they had stole everything. We had suitcases full of clothes and my wallet was in the suitcase and everything. And and uh, they- uh,
0: No cell phone, nothing?
2: No, we went to this little hotel and um, called and I couldn't even sleep. So we just went to the airport and walked the airport till six in the morning, till the flight all night long. And Logan has this upstairs, downstairs. So we kept doing this lap and we were just playing the tape. Like what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? And then uh, I talked to the, the mafia, and they were like, we'll get those guys. We know who they are. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And then basically they're like, you need to work it off. So they gave me more pounds, and I had to work off the money that was owed. And, uh, and I worked it off, sold more pounds, and then paid it off. And here to, here to tell the story. You know, did, you know, was, dude, how many
1: times did you put yourself, your life on the line? Um,
2: multiple multiple <laughs> times i'm surprised i'm here bro like seriously seriously like, right next to the border in this like residential shit i was picking up 100 pounds in my uh, ford explorer no trunk pulled into this house two pitbulls chain length to the fence bunch of baby pit bulls. i go in to get the pounds. Two-bedroom linoleum floors, no furniture. A Mexican guy didn't speak any English. Walk in. He opens up the closet to show me the pounds, and there was a tunnel that went to Mexico inside this closet, bro. Oh, my god! And I'm like, all right, I'll take it. And he basically lifted the box, put it in my Explorer, Ford Explorer, and I drove through this residential right in San Dracita. And I was like, if any cop sees me right now there's no reason why a white kid needs to be driving right here yeah Yeah. there's no reason I need to get on the 5 freeway north you're on this side right yeah I'm right next to the border border. yeah Yeah. you know how it's like eerie you see that and so I get on the 5 north and I'm beelining it and I go meet my buddy not too
0: fast not too fast no 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 no, no. no, don't don't, don't want to get pulled over no that's 65 66 66 65 67 I don't know
2: yeah so and then I got the dude who's buying the weed from me I'm not going to say his name you know him and uh he gets in the car and the whole car smells like skunk right and he's like oh my god bro this is such a bus." he's like we need to make it home right to this house so we start driving through pb and uh he'll probably hear this story which is dope we get to the stop sign and we look back there's a cop behind us oh shit and, and we're like stink as a it's slump. just stinking and i'm like okay and i'm like do I go straight or do I make the right? Do I go straight or make the right? Do I go straight? And he's like, dude, go make the right. <laughs> I make the right, cock goes straight. Moment in my time, you know what I mean? Where it could have taken either way. That's the right turn. Yeah, you know, choose wisely. Yeah. I mean, wow. how, many, how
0: many times is yeah. that, that crossroad come? And, yeah. you know, like. You've oh been there. My you gosh. Been, maybe not 100 pounds, but do I make the right or do <laughs> I the stay behind me? You know?
2: Not too obvious.
1: <laughs> I hate to. It's just so crazy. Thirteen years old, all the way to thirty-four. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's like twenty years of fucking doing life lessons. You know, but he was doing he, the he wrong thing. He was pulling things.
0: it for a lot of those years until you know. And yeah. and okay, but
1: man. Going back to what tiring. makes you the men's groomer? Yeah, right. You're the men's groomer, and you have. Um, made a niche for yourself cutting hair yes. and styling
0: yeah guys. so going back you worked your way through rehab at Chris's salon yep. and he saw you got a talent you're showing yep. up yep. like you're sober and that yep. just opens Chris Cornell comes through the door
2: Chris couldn't be there for Chris Cornell he's like here try Jason we hit it off traveling with Chris rest in peace Hugh Jackman Chris McMillan got sick couldn't be in Miami for this press I'm at Coachella. I get a phone call. You need to be in Miami tomorrow to go do Hugh Jackman. I literally turn to my wife. I'm like, going to Hugh Jackman tomorrow. It's like,
1: what the fuck?
2: Fly out of fucking Palm Desert straight to fucking Miami. Miami, Do Hugh Jackman. Hit it off with him. I end up traveling the world with him. Going to the Wall of China. We walked it. We went to the Forbidden City. We went to the dude underneath the... Subway, Sushi, and like Paris. To oh, the that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We did it all. I'm in
1: five-star. There's star. a documentary on that guy.
0: Yeah. I'm in five-star just getting the okay. full treatment. But but like Hugh, Hugh Jackman, like VIP, like money's not an issue. Like nope. I'm the man. Top hotel. Top, hold on.
1: Hold on, you guys. That's the range. So, so <laughs>
0: going back.
2: Yeah.
1: Going back to that day you walk into Chris... Um, What's the guy's name? McMillan. McMillan's Salon. Yeah. Before
2: that, did did you cut celebrities' hair? Never. No, but I had a buddy when I was smoking crack. He was like, bro, you should do this. You could be a celebrity hairstylist. And I never, I was like, no, 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 no. no.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you never thought of it, right? No, 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 no. So when you finally went and walked in his door and he said, wash Matthew Perry's hair, Mm you knew who Matthew Perry was. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. here you are, never touched a celebrity's hair. No. Never thought about being no. a celebrity. But here you are with this opportunity, and you're on crack.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. And and you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, I'm washing this superstar's hair. Right. But you're not even thinking about it because you're on crack. Yeah. You, you just don't want to – when you're washing his hair, you're thinking – I don't want to die. I don't want to pass out. I don't want to throw up. Yeah, all those weird things that yeah. a drug addict is is going through. But that one point in time, you're like, "Holy shit! I have I'm an I'm washing a celebrity's hair. Yeah, and this is my new world that I'm going to be part of. No, none no, of that. No, you know what I mean. But th- thinking about that now, you're like, "Fuck, dude, how lucky are you? Yeah."
0: Yeah, could have um, gone bad so many ways, but like yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: like you went from dying somewhere uh, Yeah, walking the, street, walk the streets, walking everything you know, yeah. killing yourself, yeah, homeless to to walking to this dude's and they like fucking go in, in, in there. When, when's the last time you fucking smoke crap? Fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Go wash this guy's hair. Like, who the how who else has
2: done that in their lives? Well, what it's interesting you're talking about that because I believe it's fate and everybody's got their path. And the other day I got a direct message. I woke up to two direct messages. One was a woman who's a hairstylist who said, "My, I have my daughter living with me. She's 19. She's hooked on heroin. And I'm way out over my head here. Can you help me? Okay. I was like, send me a picture. Most beautiful mom, most beautiful daughter. All right. Second direct message this guy from high water rehab the first rehab ever in Connecticut I was there with Rob Lowe the other day and he spoke and The guy the owner didn't know that I do stuff that I do and he tracked me down the next day after I left He was like I had no idea what you did We've got to have you back here and speak but he said if you ever need anybody scholarship Give me a call and I said, Well, that's pretty funny because I got two direct messages. We had the girl on a plane with her dad Sunday night. She was getting ready to leave because she was she was getting antsy. So when you're on dope, you can only last for so long and you have to get high. And the mom was like, I gotta do something quick, she's gonna leave. We had her Sunday night on a plane. I got the chills right now. Yeah, me too. On the plane with the dad, who I didn't know, who sent me a direct message saying, dude. Anything you ever need in your life, let me know. You saved my daughter's life. She's at rehab now. Full scholarship, 12 months. She's doing great. And it was because of two direct messages I woke up to. All right? And that's One from the addict mom. Yeah.
1: And one from the
2: rehab center. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't hesitate. Yeah. I didn't hesitate. I'm like, dude, this is something way greater than myself here. For sure. And another incident happened where... I was working with a guy on set and he got a DUI in Georgia when I was just there and he crashed his car and I got a direct uh, the next morning I got a direct message from my buddy he said I want to give this car to somebody in sobriety he needed a car and I connected those and got the guy a free car. Wow. Yeah. So I just I'm just listening, you know, yeah. and that's and I'm and I'm present enough to see these moments and to not let them just go as moments but to realize that yeah, yeah there's something greater than herself Dude. yeah
0: for sure and i mean that's
2: i got a tear at a yeah, bro well, you know
0: just, that is like i mean as feel good as it could be for you know somebody that's mm. had your past you know bro because it's not like it's not always about like what you said it's not about me anymore and nope. it's about my service and how do i And you're not looking for these opportunities. You're just doing doing you, but they present themselves and you're, you know.
2: It's contrary action, to be honest, because I'm I'm a douchebag drug addict. Like, and I have to do the opposite. You know what I mean? I have to take the action and it doesn't come natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll sit here and talk about myself like we're doing right now and I'm just in the zone. But it's like, how much have I asked you about how you're doing? Throughout yeah. the day, so it's contrary action.
0: I'm doing great, but yeah, <laughs> thanks for showing up, dude. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here
1: because uh,
0: hey. we always say this. This there's
1: show, so, hey, there's no crying podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: everybody, everybody says, "Oh man, your guys' show is awesome." I'm like, you know what, what? like. It's not the show's not about me and Lyndon, although I like to make it about myself a lot. You're pretty good. No, but uh, <laughs> it's about our guests and their story, and you know, it's just highlighting you know everybody's you know journeys and stuff. And, and ah. I mean, yours is definitely wow. You know, like well, thanks for even
2: like asking me to do this because I'm like seeing Machado and all my like heroes, and heroes. You yeah. know, I'm like, dude, what am I gonna do? And well, then I everyone just, I'm, like, has
1: a fucking story, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting when you find out that they do have a story. You yeah. know what I mean? And just going back to that question that I asked, it's like it it baffles the mind of where you were at at that point in time. But that was the day that made your life a hundred times better. Yeah. You know? And to 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 like really think about it, like. Yeah. You're washing, you you washed, not to say no-namers or nobodies, but you washed or cut people's hair that weren't going to change your life. But here it is on the day of of reckoning for you, Mm -hmm. you're washing, the first person you walk into, Mm -hmm. you're washing Matthew Perry's hair and this guy that day
0: puts you into rehab. Yeah. Just just the tens of thousands of salons and everywhere and the way you moved up to Hollywood the girl and I mean your path is, you know, it yeah, whether you call it fate or destiny or or you know a higher power delivered you to that zone. You know Yeah. And but Chris always says he's like,
2: dude, you did it. Yeah. You did it. And and I and people in recovery were taught that it's it's not us. It's it's a power also. But really, I was present enough, and I had the tools at that point, to not not do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to handle my business because yeah. I am sick of being at the bottom. Yeah. I need to come up.
1: Well, you 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 had talent as far as um, styling and yeah. cutting hair. You had a knack for it. You had a flair for it, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And then you also had the personality mm-hmm. to go along with it. You had the gift of gab, like you yeah. said. You, you know that you can get along with people you're a chameleon and these these celebrities you know it's just like everybody else you know they 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 want to they, they would rather deal with somebody or work with somebody that they feel comfortable with absolutely and, and like do good job. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I'm
0: you want to look good, but it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, an like, intimate, like bond, you know, to, to have somebody yeah, style you, you like, know, it's tricky to, it's, yeah.
2: like, it's a tricky sitch. Like you need to know how to read the room and I'm still learning and I've lost people over the years because I'm also a big personality and I'm working with big personalities and I got to know when to hold yeah. it, know when to fold it, yeah. you know, totally. And, uh, and then yeah, like, like I'm the last person. <laughs> I'm the last person they see before they go out and sing at the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah. Like, That's so fucking crazy, dude, I've been to two yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah, like,
0: let's talk about just some of the, your your clientele. Bruno you know, Mars. Those, yeah, that, that was that crazy. That about? was
2: another phone call that I got, and they're like, "Yeah, Bruno wants you to go cut his hair." And I was like, "Fucking pinch me." Wait, you know what okay. I mean? So, yeah. so a phone so call. Go That's back right. to the salon. And and
1: you know, obviously, there's tons of stars. Meg Ryan, yeah. Uh, Chris Connell you said. Yeah, everybody and, was and coming in. As there. as you're like, you know, digging your heels in this place. Yeah. You know, you you become a, you a, a regular. Yeah. You know, meeting all the regulars, yeah. all the fucking
2: superstars that come Going in to there. Party sober and like yeah. to talk to Tom Hanks and and Oprah Winfrey. No way. <laughs> oh, bro, are you kidding me? My wife does Jennifer Aniston's hair, okay? We're invited to every one of our Christmas parties. Yeah. We went to Cabo for Jen's 40th, all right? I'm in Cabo with everybody you can possibly imagine, dude. Christmas parties and the crackhead work in the room, dude, talking to Tom (laughs) Hanks, Oprah Winfrey. I mean, everybody you can possibly imagine in Hollywood. And I'm like, I think I'm getting better at this after 10 years of like, yeah, I said hi to fucking bore that you know and we hit it off adam sandler talking about our man boobs together like dude we we, like it's it's real bro i'm I'm tripping so so you you how many
1: years did you work with chris
2: i was at chris's for 18 years wow yeah long time i paid my dues there it was an amazing beautiful house um you know i'm grateful for that journey and then it came a time when i was like okay I'm gonna try and open up something in the beach on the west side. So what happened is Venice became way more gentrified, and it was a lot of production people that are moving over there. Can, yeah. can I can I uh, ask you? Hopefully, it's not too prying, but yeah. were you making good money? So yeah, I've been working hard to make my money. Yeah. It's not like it's I mean, not cutting like, fuck you money, but cut it's yeah. like cutting superstars' hard. hair. So it would seem like pretty good money. Yeah. So yeah. I have an agent who negotiates my deals the most of the money that comes the bigger you money a while to get an agent right like well i got chris's agent early on and i told her i was like i want to be a celebrity hairstylist and she looked at me and was like okay great you know because a lot of people come to her and say that yeah but she saw that i was actually Service. doing it and doing it yeah. i was doing it and she didn't book me on jobs she didn't get me jobs she just i'd bring the jobs to her and she would lock down and knew what to charge sony warner brothers and that's where the money's come from because these movies that come out pay millions and millions and millions of dollars for a poster that goes on every bus and in every part of la and the world new york city and guess who's doing the hair for this poster so for me to do poster hair like that's what's selling the movie is their lead so that's where the Poster
0: money hair. Yeah. Seriously. I yeah. mean that's I mean it's funny you yeah. say that, but I I mean I totally get it. Like yeah. I mean that's that's sales, awesome. the, 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 the kinda... sales, the the star sales, the you know the,
2: the face. If he looks like shit and fifty year old women don't want to go see Rob Lowe because he's washed up, then it's not as good of a movie sale. That's yeah. so funny that you you put you just
1: explain to us what makes you money. Mm-hmm. And it's styling the guy for a poster. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, that's some of the, or playing.
2: Coca-Cola. Those yeah. are good gigs. Yeah. You know, for a product. Those are the biggest gigs. Okay. Backtrack, yeah. though.
1: Yeah. You're there. You're you're meeting and hobnobbing with all the stars. And, yeah. and you know, how, what was, like, the dynamic between you and Chris? Because he owned the place. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. He's, but here you are, kind of like... Becoming a, a,
2: yeah, it's always, a celebrity in yourself. You it know was I mean? always kind of like a big brother, little brother thing. Yeah. Like we kind of, a big personality. Chris got a big personality. I have a different big personality. So we had our own lanes. But we would definitely bump But you worked together for a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah which,
1: yeah. you know, surprises me in a way, a, a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Well, he. I'm not the only one that's made it big working there. Like, there's been probably about ten other celebrity hairstylists. Jen Atkins worked at Chris. She does all the Kardashians. She's got mm. like product lines. She's got it all. And um, and so there's been a lot of people that have come out of out of Chris's. Like okay. that was the spot in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like that was yeah. the. Did talent. you know that? Cool. Yeah, I was so intimidated when I first came there. I'm like, there's yeah. no place for me here. And what happened was somebody who worked there opened a salon and then it opened a space open and I slid right in. So I was like, there's no way
0: I'm ever gonna equate to these. That people was men specific or just a seat, because those seats are very few and far between. Yeah, like, it was packed. Like yeah. there was
2: Madonna's Madonna was coming in. There was her his hairstylist, you wow. know. And there was just everybody had their own people. It was yeah. like Britney Spears and it was it was just Brad Pitt. And, Jesus and crazy. it was everybody they would just come in and they'd sit in these chairs yeah. and then the guy who uh, did Madonna's opened his spot and a chair opened up. And Chris was like, uh, we got a Wednesday open. And he's like, you think you can bring some people in? And I was like, hell yeah. And I called everybody I knew and I packed the place. And Chris was like, wow, that was dope. What if I give you another day? And I was like, yeah. And I called everybody I knew and I packed.
0: The You're going day. shorter this week, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't count too much. I'm going to have to have you back here in two weeks.
2: <laughs> exactly. So it was, and then I, that's how I, I got in there was when the opportunity opened, I really hustled it. And made it happen.
0: Yeah, because yeah. you got to generate, you know, that space money, you yeah. know. And, I mean, as much as it is for your livelihood, they, you know, they want a packed house, yeah. you know. Like, it's a business for sure. So, but 18
2: years you, you, yeah. you worked for... With Beverly Hills, 18 years. And, uh, and then I moved and I opened my own spot in Venice because, like I was saying, production people started moving to Venice. And I was like, I wonder if I could pull this off. And there's never been a salon that has been successful, like Fred Siegel did it on the west side. It was cool. It was cool, right? But people go to Beverly Hills to get their hair done. Mm. And then there was a place on the east side called Sweeney Todd's, which was cool. And it was like when the barbering thing started. And so it was a, a real risk for me to open up The Men's Groomer in Venice And I opened it a year prior to COVID and we were just generating some some cuts and starting to, you know, I was carrying the place and then COVID hit and we made it through COVID and now people love it. There's six people every day cutting amazing hair. I've hired, handpicked these people. They've trained under me. It's an amazing surf shop vibe, motorcycles, hot rods out front. There's a tattoo spot next door. It's the best tattoo spot on the West side. And we have this whole camaraderie, the most epic coffee. Everything's free except for the haircut. It's hundred bucks. <laughs> so, tell, <laughs> you know? so
0: tell us about um, yeah, yeah. The, the men's groomer and how you came up with your label. and, and...
2: Okay, so I uh, I started thinking that I could do my own products because I was using products that were good and I knew what's good and what wasn't good. And uh, and so I, I started looking at how to start that and um, – I started working with a chemist, and they sent me crap because chemists don't do hair chemists makes products mm-hmm. and so I have to be the chemist so I would send it back and I was like, like this paste that I made yeah. this is the number one seller of this paste so the paste has that signature sex wax smell brings me back to my youth my favorite all time smell is so the sex so wax you're smell.
0: like I I love the smell of sex, so I said that's yep. that you know, that's my culture, that's where yep. I grew up. Yep. I want it like yep. that. Was he tri- was your chemist tripping?
2: No, we handled it and that was easy. We found the smell. There was a lot of different ones that were too strong yeah. and I was like, I wanted it to be great, I want it to be subtle. Yeah. So but the crazy thing, this paste that I made is is it's got a cult following. It's the best men's hair product in the market, uh, hands down. Okay. I don't
1: use a lot of hair product, but I will use that. Yeah.
2: So this Junior, is- get down here. Thirteen formulations to make this, okay? Back and forth with the chemist. And I was like, too sticky. And he, I was like, take make it less sticky. And he made it a little less sticky. That's for Junior. That's to this. slick his hair. The pomades to do that like wet barber. Yeah. Good hair, bro. Yeah. He's got good hair. Yeah. He's got good hair. Look at yeah. this Super hair, So Super good. Hair. <laughs> <It's> all,
0: everybody's <laughs> like, oh, does he highlight it? I'm like, no, it's just sun and salt water, man. What's your name? J.J.
2: JJ, good to yeah. meet you Yeah, that's good He's got a mullet, bro yeah. That's epic <laughs> the mullet's back right now
0: Tell Jason thanks Yep Thank Champagne conditioner for since, you Since it's no use for me AKA Schneidy is-
2: You're stoked, bro It smells like sex wax Hey Just don't eat it So um <laughs> Kid's gonna be a good surfer He already yeah. is Yeah
1: Amazing He's already got
2: Yeah, yeah. Ship
1: off his uh, uncle's block <laughs> uh,
2: So dope but uh, so,
0: yeah, going back to the
2: formulations that I was like less sticky. The guy made it barely less sticky. I was like, take all the stick out. Meet me halfway. I was like, cool. Now take half of that and half of that. I'm doing it at home. I'm like 75, 25 and I'm mixing it up to it with my hands clumping. I'm like, that's a little better. And then I, I rub it on the mirror and I'm like, this isn't like the stuff I like. It's got clumps. The one that I like is smooth. It looks like Christmas snow on the window, you know? Mm-hmm. So I call the guy back, and I'm like, dude, take the product you just made me. Rub it. Don't call me back. Don't send me anything until there's no clumps on the mirror. Like, stuff like that that I did as a hair hairstylist. Texture, yeah, a, you know? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like so that's what made my paste yeah. the best product. Now, the paste doesn't dry stiff. A lot of hair product dries like a porcupine. Yeah. This stuff you can move around, but it gives it the clumpy Great like matte shine right in yeah. the middle there and
0: you can just move it around. Yeah. Twenty
2: minutes you look in the mirror, you're like, Oh, I need to push That's it. That's so interesting because yeah. you
0: do, you know, use your hands before it even touches hair and it's yeah. gotta it's gotta have that right texture. Yeah, sure. One hundred percent.
2: This yeah. stuff comes yeah. out, you have to heat it up in your hands. You take like a half a gum ball, yeah, heat it up really good in your hands, put it a little bit in the thicker spots, and then the residue goes <laughs> on the top. Yeah. So so going back yeah. to when you started men's groomer, hmm So
1: you you're still working for Chris, and you were like, okay, Venice, uh, no one's doing it there, right? Yeah. And that's where you want to be, on the west side. Yeah. And um,
2: did you have the money to do it? Like, So I hit my sister up. She loaned me 50 grand. My dad loaned me 50 grand, and I started the build, and I designed the shop and I love designing it's all light wood and it's just it turned out insane yeah, everybody just loves it yeah and, uh, it's such a good rhythm there's this huge front desk that's like a that piece monkey of paw. wood is- yeah, a monkey pot it's from Thailand it's a, a big piece of wood but it's one big tree and it's got energy in that piece of wood it's alive. Oh, it's a centerpiece. Life, Center, yeah. Yeah. And um it, there's just such good energy. There's cute girls cutting hair which doesn't hurt, you yeah, know. Yeah. People are flooding in, really good coffee from a local roaster, it's super fresh. And then we got Dogtown, you know. And that and the, the so this is interesting the products. I realized that I go out on the street and if you look at my Instagram, the men's groomer, you can scroll through the last five years of me helping people and doing the transformations. And what I found is there's a lot of people in the street that are where I was that are sick and tired of being sick and tired and they don't have the resources. So what I've been doing is I've been part of the proceeds of my products goes to help get a scholarship. From different rehabs and sober livings in LA and actually all over the world now. We've been we've been getting you know other people to help out. But one thing that I did, so Jim Muir lived at the end of my alley, and he walked by one day with a terrible haircut. And he's like, Yeah, man, this haircut. And Jim, you got Jim's red dog. He's like founder, one of the skaters from the Z Boys, Dog oh, yeah. Town. Dogtown, Red yeah. Dog. So he has the brand. Uh, Dogtown which nothing says more than Venice and Santa Monica than Dogtown skateboarding yeah Yeah. and so I was like I need to uh, I need to get some Dogtown in there I'm like dude that will give us like legitimacy in Venice And he's like, dude, absolutely, bro. But first, I'm like, sit down and let me fix that haircut. (laughs) So I fixed his haircut, and I've been cutting his hair ever since. We meet in the morning. He lives at the end of my alley. We shoot the shit. I go into the warehouse. I just pick decks and full skates and clothes and everything. And we've been selling stuff. We got the full Dogtown account there. But I go out, and I put these events together. In the last five years, I've become a camp director. So it was me in a backpack first and my clippers cordless clippers got really good so i'd go out and i'd find a homeless guy that needed to get sober and i'd start talking to him about my experience strength and hope and i'd talk to him that it's not too late for him yeah and you know i'd give him a transformation i'd show him himself in the mirror and and he would remember who he was because a lot of these people on the street are hiding yeah and when you 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 get them in your chair and you make them feel good on the outside they start feeling good on the inside and um and so what i've been doing is uh doing these events and i put it together and i put it up on my instagram the men's groomer tons of hairstylists show up tons of clients come with clothes and food and every event that i've been doing i've been hitting gym up and i said i'd like to buy socks from our foundation and we've started a foundation it's called the men's groomer foundation it's a 501c3 you can see it on the themensgroomer.com uh, anything the the men's groomer you search it'll show everything that I've done. But really, these socks he would give me boxes of these Dogtown socks and we'd pass them out. But we just now did a collab with Jim and yeah. so we got these sick ass Dogtown with our the men's groomer palm tree scissor
0: logo on it. Logo so Freaking sick. Dope. Thanks, bro. Yeah. I mean, to, to encompass your life of like surf beach and your profession, it's like. Nailed it. Thank you. I worked with a friend and this took
2: like the same thing, a bunch of formulations to make it feel right. It felt amazing. And I was like, that's it. And people, I knew the logo was good when I sticker slapped it on the back of Chris McMillan's G-Wagon and he left it. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? The dude left it on the back of his... G-Wagon worthy. Dude, $150,000 G-Wagon. I slapped a sticker and he left it. So... I don't know, but we, we have these socks. So now the socks, anytime you buy a pair of socks, one gets donated to somebody on the street. We go out, we do these events monthly. Which is huge bi-monthly. for those on the street, like yeah. socks and personal Needs, care and stuff. Hygiene. And hygiene. Yeah. yeah, and resources for rehab. And that's yeah. what I'm really working on for the men's groomers, providing more resources because it's really tough out there. That uh, Medi Cal, it's really hard to get into rehab if you want to get into rehab with medical insurance. So yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. One person at a time, just like I was with Matthew Perry at that moment.
0: It's all about baby steps. Just focus just on the now and one moment, yeah. one person at a time. That's so cool. I've changed many lives in the last Dude. five years. So you're t- you're talking about how? Um, well, we know a little bit more of the inside story than 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 we're leading on, but like you. We're doing this before you got fame or you're famous but you're doing the, the cutting with the camera crew like you actually were creating a pilot at one point weren't you for so for the show yeah so i
2: had an idea to go out and do hair ambush was a, is what i was calling it and i i was like let's go find somebody who who's just worst style ever just wearing sketchers and like bad hair parted down the middle and so we went out with a camera crew, and I found this dude on his lunch break, and I cut his hair. And he was like, you ain't cut my hair. And I had the hot assistant. She's like, do you know who this guy cuts? Like, he's really good. Just give him a minute. So I cut his hair, and he's walking back to all, you know, proud, <laughs> walking back to his job after lunch. So we did a couple of them, but we did a guy at U-Haul on the side of U-Haul. And he was drunk, and he was homeless. Yeah, and That stayed with me for two years, and then it was weird. I, I was thinking late night. I was like oh, my God, like, what am I doing? Like, I need to go buy clippers in the morning and go cut some homeless people's hair. It just hit me. Yeah. And that's when it started. And I called my business partner, and I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm going out to Hollywood Boulevard. I'm like, this isn't going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty. You probably are not going to want to go. But I need somebody to hold the phone for me. I'm going to go cut some people's hair. And he's like, bro, I've been with you through all of your insanity. Let's yeah. do it. So my business partner met me, and he was tripping out. He was like, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm doing it. And just pull a chair right from the restaurant, put it on the sidewalk, and the owner comes out. You know, you gotta do that. And I'm like, dude, five minutes. Cop pulls up. I'm like, five minutes. Yeah. And and that was it. I just bootstrapped on Hollywood Boulevard and started doing these these cuts for people and filming the transformations and showing the people around them treating them differently. Yeah. And showing the energy of the person's change. And it was just it's just been cool. And and the shit just calls me, dude. Like right now, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go do some more. You know? Because every time I do it, it just feels there's nothing that feels better. I always say, when I serve and I surf. To surf and serve leaves me feeling the best at night. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? After that session, three session, bro, you're hungry, you're cozy, you're worked out. Yeah.
0: Brain, body, soul is like, you know, just fulfilled. Fulfilled, Yeah. yeah. Fulfilled
1: and you can sleep like a log. That's it. And we always talk about how
0: do how do we you know create a lifestyle where that's our life. Is this <laughs> yeah. less yeah. work, more play. Yeah, that's what I'm. More surf. No, we 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 love it. But I mean, the fact that you're you know not just. You know, transforming people, you know, like you're helping, you know, people off the street or giving them a chance, mm, you know, yeah. like, cause you know, there's a lot of bare, bad haircuts out there, you know, and to yeah. go, you know, make somebody feel good is, is great You know, but to yeah. help those that are less fortunate or are really down and out is like, that's huge. It's huge. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And even if it's one, two, three, four, you know, In my lifetime. Yeah. I Dude, mean, it's,
0: it's
2: just cycles down. It's somebody's grand great grandpa that probably wouldn't there's kids wouldn't be there. They're great grandkids, you know?
0: And what's, you know, most of these, you know, obviously you have conversations with a lot of these um, people you're cutting on the street, and and what's been their, like, you know, their story, like, on some of them, like, just lost a job, a divorce, alcohol, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's a mixed bag of everything, you know? Yeah, for sure. Everybody's got a story. So nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what, what, I mean... (laughs) covered it all. i'm just covering like yeah i'm looking at we've your covered, little list here and we've covered a good amount and homeless to come back giving back the you know the men's groomer products the, the the foundation what travel. what board are you writing bro right now i'm writing a stamps board
2: it's a five i think it's five eight it's, i don't even know flare I don't know what it's called but Wellsy gave it to me he's like bro you need more girth because he took <laughs> dude he's like you're not a grom anymore i got this belly you know and he's like he went to go film me and you know i was struggling he's like bro he took me back to his his uh, garage and he was like he called stamps he's like can i give schneidy this board and stamps okayed it and it's been a game changer so i got to get a few more definitely yeah his boards are insane oh we love them that's so he, all he,
0: when that's grom, all we ride yeah i need to get another one <laughs> yeah when grom walked in he's yeah. like did, did stamps did stamps get back to you because <laughs> like you are waiting on a couple that's boards here, here. yeah um
2: that's hilarious
0: but yeah, so I mean, so right now you, you, you're you still got, you know, celebrities, you're doing some traveling with some of your high-end clients. Just got back from a month in Georgia with Rob Lowe. A month. A month, living at the St. Regis.
2: I was like, pinch me, dude. Room service, are you kidding me? So I was away from the fam, that was tough, but it was
0: just enough time. Did a movie, it was a Netflix movie, with Rob as the lead. So all day between sets and, and wardrobe changes, you're in there like hands-on yeah. all day. Yeah,
2: pretty much. Marley. I mean, people are like, "What do you snip a little bit every day?" I'm like, "No, bro." The guy wakes up in the scene; he's got to look like he just woke up with hair from bedhead. Yeah, and then, and then, then he's in a suit; and he's got to be suited.
0: So that's what I do. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, incredible continuity. Yeah, that's yeah. a trip. Yeah, and, you know? and yeah. The so per- the perks of like being an entertainer like you're on set like you're part of the you know the production we gotta get rob like, on the staff, podcast like, bro
2: he surfs he's cool yeah yeah cool head we're, we're, we gotta get rob and then we gotta get laird i pitched laird for oh well, yeah we,
0: we, we didn't bring up yeah a little bit on the opening you know but yeah how did how did laird i've like, cut laird anywhere?
2: three times his wife booked the appointment he had some like photo shoot or something and
0: he yeah. was one, I think I remember you saying he was one of your, you're really nervous. Yeah, dude, I'm star not starstruck, star but I was like, <laughs>
2: Laird, bro, that's like a different, different thing, yeah. you know? And I was like, yes. And he's, dude, he's the raddest dude. He just sit there and just so much to learn from him and he's just right here like I am with you guys. And yeah. He's just. He's so cool, bro. And he just talks, he's got so much knowledge and he's like planting on the side of his house because, you know, he's got that house in Kauai and. He's planting on the side of his house because there's erosion or whatever, and so he's like, "Yeah, you got to put these plants." And I'm like, "Wait, you're out there doing it?" He's like, "Bro, if you stop doing it, you can't do it." Yeah, yeah.
1: that dude's
0: one of the gnarliest fucking
1: humans like, around.
0: Yeah, there's no shortcuts with that guy. It doesn't seem like like well, like, oh, I got to go build put some in or build it. He's saving do it.
1: saving his own own house. Yeah, you know, in yeah. Malibu yeah. during those fires, yeah. and then saving his house and saving tons of people on. On his jet ski yeah. in Kuwait it's like yeah.
2: he's a, a real super modern weird. day super. He, he is, yeah. and he and in his presence you feel it too, not just physically but mentally. Yeah, he's got a good head on his shoulders, dude, and, and it's all about the women in his life. And he talks about that. He's rad. He'd, he'd yeah. be rad to have him on this podcast. His his uh, wife's got a great podcast too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got to get him on, She's and then we got to get too, Jonah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's in the surf world now. <laughs> Dude, don't don't, so,
0: don't blow up, man. Our our listeners are gonna like hold us to this, man. Yeah. We better, so well, you ain't get getting none
2: of them if you don't follow the men's groomer. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it. So, so going back to the men's yeah. groomer, yeah.
1: Um, you know, we you yeah. kind of start talking about it, but besides having the salon, and and you know having this incredible product, as a side hustle, you work. In the movie industry, right? Yeah. So and
2: and you you just came, like you said, you just came from almost a month. Yeah. So I was there for a month, and uh, you know I was away from the family, and I haven't even spoken about the family. More important, dude, at 34 years old, I had nothing. I had warrants for my arrest, bad credit. I was 137 pounds, and I thought life had passed me up. And in this last 17 years, I got married. Check out my Instagram. My wife is freaking gorgeous and my kids are amazing and I bought a house and all of that and it's all gifts of sobriety and um, I worked hard and I showed up and I did what I was taught and yeah, it's fucking amazing. Well, it's awesome.
0: You had a skill set. You had the mindset, but you know, you had a passion, you know, which is, you know, what you're doing. But I mean, that only goes as far as you're willing to like put in too. Mm -hmm. you know, like can't let that talent go to waste and Yeah. yeah, you know.
1: And we were talking earlier about Lou Carrion and how, mm-hmm. you know, we're all from the same area and you guys have kind of similar stories yeah. with, with the whole drug thing. And yeah. one thing that... And the uh, club
0: promoting and they yeah. selling yeah. the drugs and...
2: Yeah, he, we were running <laughs> the same circles and, and, and we never really hung.
1: But the, the, the thing that he said, he's like, he learned how to love himself. Yeah. Most and of that's concern. what you you've said yeah. today too. It's like, you know, you got to love yourself to, to be happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a, a killer thing to like, reflect on it reflect and, and, on and and
0: use as, you know, like, I mean, I, you can't, you can't help somebody if you're, you're not helping, you know, if you're not in the right, right space, you know, I think. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, it's like, you could never tell me that I needed to change until I was ready, you know? Yeah. And I had to hit my bottom and I see guys that work for me that need to get humble and you can't talk to him you got to just let them find their way and you got to be there for people when they're ready and i've done that a lot of times i'm like i'm not helping him not until he asks for it yeah you know yeah. and that's it's like the old tsol song yeah can't help someone who's not willing to help themselves <laughs> you try but you just might waste you know i got i play that tsol from the old uh what video was that that was Billabong? such a, I don't know it was like uh, Habits God it was an old one and the whole soundtrack from TS well, I, I just I use it on all my videos because it, it doesn't get it doesn't get flagged yeah and pulled <laughs> up get banned? yeah
0: it's so good this song can't be used in this country yeah. in this country and yeah, yeah they're good like that Wow. I think it was Run Man 69. Was it Run Man 69? Oh my gosh! I Where don't, he's
2: taking a shit on top of the car. I the haven't hedger. seen that, and yeah,
0: I want
1: to see that Forever. again. Yeah, that's such a great dude. Snap 4. Oh, I can't wait! Yeah, Logan Dooley. So wait, Snap are, are 4. The,
2: that's it? They did the premiere, and that's it? There, I already missed it.
1: The yeah, this one premiere was Sea Legs last Saturday, uh-huh. but I think larry you said he's gonna release it to YouTube.
0: Yeah, I think October. I think in October. Um, think in October, let's do an event I don't in my space. We're gonna hit him up.
2: Or we'll hit him up. Let's do it. Let's, let's run yeah. that movie in my shop. We'll Bro, do a whole, yeah. a whole parking lot. It would be sick. Yeah, he uh, might be down. Um, food, surf, music. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. for sure. You, you need a bigger place though, because it's gonna. Be yeah, it's gonna uh, blow yeah. Up. <laughs> Um, but it was just great to get like after you know this last you know year and a half two years of you know to have a proper movie and and get, you know see the, the the energy and the level and the stoke and yeah. how hard these guys were ripping and yeah, yeah
1: it's, it's, it's it's such a good you know time in surfing right now yeah you know the the COVID thing definitely brought more of an audience mm-hmm. you know more more participants to to surfing mm. and at the same time like you Olympics. know a lot of cool things like the Olympics happen yeah. uh, there's more wave pools happening yeah
0: ultimate surfer ultimate
2: surfer yeah <laughs> oh my gosh so I think in our lifetime we're going to be able to have our own wave in our backyard have you thought about this yes with the button you're like what do hey. you want right left six ten foot what my, do you want my, my,
0: my kid asks me all the yeah. time like, dad if we won the lottery would we build a wave pool like yeah. move to a spot and we yeah. have a wave pool in the backyard 100%. and I'm like 100 yeah. one, <laughs> yes Yeah. without he's all how much would they cost to the bill I don't know like I don't know like we started yeah. crunching numbers but yeah. I go because we went by a sign it was like 400 million dollars or something for the yeah. you know Powerball. Yeah, I'm like that's way enough. Like, yeah, it, I mean, right well, now? we wouldn't even have to rent it out. Like I that few- for Kelly's was yeah. 84 million. Yeah, oh, yeah, still, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we got this, bro. Powerball. I'll just do half of that. I don't need
2: that. Like, yeah, no, we don't yeah. need that. We just need one bowl. Yeah, one bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't need a one that's a mile long. No. Dude. we just need like yeah. Waco with that like yeah. hit a bomb. Speaking speak of it, we'll have hit you a done, bomb, yeah, have you done? I haven't been to any of them yet. No, no.
1: That's a that's a check off the bucket
2: list yeah, for sure, bro. Oh. Yeah, I got to go do that. Except well, I heard that uh Slaters is cold pretty much all year long. No. no. In no. the summer it's like
0: way hot. Really? It's too hot. Too hot. Oh, good. That's yeah. when I'm going, but I, it's too expensive in the summer. I heard that too. It's yeah. a, oh, it's really yeah. expensive. Yeah. But that's hopefully with these more pools, you know, going in, like, you know, a little more competition, Yeah, like, hey, yeah. I think, know, that's think that's what I'm waiting for. Bring the price down. A Either little
2: that bit. or showing up with Roblo and Jonah and just you know, there you go. That, riding hey, those
0: coattails, surf, surf lessons. Yeah. Like you know, like hey, yeah. I'll give a couple pointers. You know, That's like it. let's get a group together. Yeah. Dude, you want to look good at the pool? Yeah, yeah. That's you, you know? gotta get. Is you gotta get your your high rollers on board. Yeah.
2: Let's work it. <laughs> Bring late and
0: I with you there, and we'll do a freaking putting party. That
2: out, putting that out in the universe right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Let's well, uh, shoot. Yeah, I can't believe you're still here. We did it. Yeah, yeah, we did it. Just, just going
1: over it again, man. Mm. You, you started sat on the pier, Huntington Beach pier, saw some dude in a body glove wetsuit, mm. and said, "That's what I'm
2: going to do. I'm going to surf." Yeah, and that's all I did. And and then I did drugs. <laughs> I was going to say, and you then I you got jumped, sober. You jumped
1: in the VW van. Yeah. at at 16 years old, and was. Got shot at. Smoke crack. Smoke crack, and you smoked crack until you were like thirty-four years old. Yeah, and but before that, you were cutting your friends' hair in high yeah. school, being the the on-trend. Um, what do you call it? Early adopter, yeah. mm-hmm. setting trends in, in your local five dollar haircuts for, yeah. for
0: a half a dime bag in yeah. the See, wine gardens. I wasn't even making that an hour at Huntington Servant Sport. My yeah. minimum wage was below that. You're like you can whip out a couple of haircuts in an hour and you're done for the day.
2: I was the only one making money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you are
2: <laughs> <laughs> at 13, yeah. a lot of my friends. I had, I had the hustle early. I was yeah. like, dude, this is
0: how I'm gonna get a dime bag. Yeah. This hey, is how I'm getting a pack of smokes. And, and and you're you're never gonna run out of if you get, if you, you know, can execute and, and deliver and make people look good you're never gonna run out of there's enough hair. You, you, went,
1: you, well, went, to, you oh. went to a, a hair college or whatever you wanna yeah. call it yeah. for six years but yeah. never graduated. Yeah. <laughs> took me it was a year program, took five years. Took oh my gosh. Yeah. And then found yourself throwing a party and Palm Springs and met people from San Diego that moved you to San Diego. They got you connected to the Mexican cartel. Surfing, wind and sea. South Mission jetty. Yeah. Almost almost died doing a drug deal in Boston. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> almost, Dude, died, just, almost died. Almost died. Check almost this
2: died. out. $500 worth of crack one night. My heart was going to explode. Took a hit. I hit 9-1. I had my finger on 1. And took the hit. That's how bad...
0: You're I like, this might so be bad.
2: the last. That was it. You well, know, I was like... Because I couldn't stop. <sighs> what I don't get it. I don't understand the... Only an addict knows the feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's like surfers. Only a surfer knows the feeling.
1: Yeah. So So... At 34... You finally hit rock bottom yeah. and this other addict addict but he had his shit together. He was mm-hmm. so, he so was sober. sober. Gave you a chance. He paid for your fucking rehab mm-hmm. and you never look back. No. And look where you are now happily married seventeen years, mm-hmm. two beautiful kids. Mm. You're crushing it with the men's groomer.
0: Mm-hmm. You got collabs with... Dog you're, town and yeah. giving out a pair for every pair not, spot. Not to be Easy cheesy, you but you're,
1: you're a celebrity hairstylist slash whatever. Yeah. So sick. And, dude, and you're paying it forward. It's for JJ. Here's for the girl. you in so service. Calm. Yeah. You know, of service. Yeah. Yeah. And the two most rewarding things for you is surfing and of service. Yeah. Surf and
2: serve. Surf and serve. I'm gonna go surf. get that tattoo tonight. Wow, surf and surf. Yeah, Sounds it's good.
1: And we're both fucking bolt tattoos, oh, yeah. baby. Right in the same spot. Woo! You guys are funny. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your surf stories. Yes. Thank you for sharing and your life and opening up. I mean, a lot of
0: this is obviously brings back probably a lot of you know crazy memories. But again, that's he I mean, doesn't. He doesn't. Regret. no no for yeah. sure and, and and for those listening that you know maybe have gone down you know like we're all about you know inspiring and positive you know vibes Yeah. and yours is you know obviously you went through hell and back you know and, and where you're at right now is helping others man it's awesome yeah and that reminds me real quick if anybody is struggling or you know
2: anybody that's struggling from drugs and alcohol feel free to de- uh, direct message me and I'll get back to you yes and the men's ladies. groomer the men's groomer direct message me thank it's not you. too late you can do it yeah. i did it and millions of people have done it before me and after me yeah we're here
0: you heard it here first peeps thank you late, thank you late night with coochie yeah. <laughs> i <I'm> just kidding <laughs> Some chick was like,
2: what's your hat say late night coochie i was like oh yeah that too yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jason Schneidy Schneidman,
0: the yes. men's groomer. Look him up. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> the whistle, there it is. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based, systematic surf training method. For all
1: surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's
0: w-a-v-e-k-i.com. Who the wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And Layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? <laughs> I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax, West Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com.
1: Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th
0: Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word.